Hello, beautiful people. It is Tuesday, June 28th, 2022. And we just grabbed the horses out of the barn, or, a barn of sports talk. We're saddling them. And now we go. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Let's ride into some sports talk, shall we? There's a lot of things happening today, including a Sue Robinson judged court hearing mm. between the NFLPA and the NFL. The NFL is pushing for an indefinite suspension, including of at least a year. The NFLPA is probably fighting back. Sue Robinson will have to make the decision. Then I guess there will be an appeal. Then that decision and ruling will be handed over to Roger Goodell, who will then do whatever the fuck he wants. Mm -hmm. But this definitely matters because we might get a little bit more information in the whole process. And maybe we are nearing the end of the entire Deshaun Watson off the field saga when it comes to NFL punishments, which we have all been trying to prognosticate and predict for the last seven to eight months in the daily sports grind and we're all about done with it that's right mm -hmm. will we learn anything today or this week probably not who knows everybody's saying we will so that probably means we won't but we will obviously cover everything going on in the sports world a lot of things happening in the nba right now oh, yeah. a lot of things happening in the house oversight committee with yeah. the nfl there's a lot of shit to chat about and hopefully some of your phone calls as well on the five energy phone line one eight three three four mac v we are so thankful that you're here today uh, and if you enjoy this show please be a friend tell a friend by the end of it and if you don't like it we understand yeah. uh the talks table is here with a new face still because ty schmidt is creating mana in aura and love with his brand new baby girl Ty we miss you pal in his place at the toxic table at Nick Moralda you look fantastic saw Zeke last night with John Cena yeah, yeah Zeke uh, be looks like he beefed up a little bit he, I, I mean I remember John Cena when I was a kid John Cena was the biggest guy going he headband around the bicep yeah mm -hmm. massive arms monster Zeke Zeke could hold his own maybe even maybe even a little bit bigger than Cena it is Whoa. nice to know that a plum guy is larger than uh West Newberry, Mass. Uh, sure. John Cena. Yeah, New England guy. Yeah. He, is West Newberry, is that a city? Uh, Newberry is. Uh, I believe it, maybe it was West Derry because I thought he might be from New Hampshire. I don't know exactly. No, he's definitely from Mass. Definitely yeah. from Mass. Yeah, okay. definitely from Mass. Anyways, he is. All, he, last time was a celebration of 20 Mass. years. West Newberry. Sweet. West Newberry, Mass. Thanks. I'm happy I could tell you things about your fucking state. I mean, that's I Western assume. Mass. That, that doesn't exist on the map, even. Massachusetts is the size of this piece of paper, too. Like, if you were to tell me something about Pennsylvania that's, like, fucking eight hours yeah. across the whole thing, and I didn't know about it, would be, like, uh, oh, uh, interesting. I wasn't expecting to know. You should know stuff happening in Massachusetts, especially when it's fucking John Cena. Mm -hmm. 20 years of Cena celebrated last night <laughs> on Monday Night Raw. The guy out of West Newberry, Massachusetts, yeah. goes on to be a global superstar. Obviously, now he's Peacemaker. And last night, he said, uh, I'm not retired. This is not a retirement well, mm, speech. And they know. said, one more match. He said, it's going to be one more than one more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No big deal. He's 40-something years old, 45 years old. He just said he doesn't know when. Then he got out of there. A lot of respect, uh, hustle, and loyalty last night, uh, John Cena. Yeah. But nonetheless, uh, Connor, the NFL world, the sports world is alive right now. Mm -hmm. And I think my favorite thing, and I can't wait to get your thoughts on this, Dan Snyder has refused to accept the subpoena yeah. to testify at the House Oversight Committee. We know that he was asked to, alongside Goodell, uh, the NFL commissioner, to testify at the House Oversight Committee about a toxic work workplace and everything else going on in the commanders, including the emails and the investigation mm -hmm. and everything. Roger Goodell went in there. He performed well. The House Oversight Committee embarrassed themselves in front of the entire country, Yikes. in front of people that are only sports fans and have no idea what they do on the day-to-day. -day. That was the only time we've ever watched it. Well, that and the UFL. 
Of course. UFL hearing. And also Both of them the exact same. They're a bunch yeah. of plus fuck bullshit. But Dan Snyder didn't show up. They even had a name tag for him with an empty chair. We'll save your seat, Dan. Mm -hmm. A very cool process there. They said we will subpoena him to come in here and talk next week about how he feels he has treated women in his workplace. Mm. And Dan Snyder put duct tape on both of his hands, okay? Yep. Both of his hands. He wore skin-tight clothes, uh -huh. took his little boat called Ladies over to a, a, a <clears throat> island in France where Napoleon was born. That's right. And uh, when they showed up with the subpoena, he said, I can't, don't, what? Sorry. What? Where are you going to put it? Can't slip it in the pockets. I ain't got no pockets. You think I'm fucking dumb? No. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've been here before. Can't, okay, put it in my hand. Ha, ha, duct tape. Can't fucking do anything. Slick it down my shirt. Can't do it. Shirt's too tight. I don't want What are you going to do, little subpoena person? What are you going to do, little subpoena person? <laughs> hopped in the yacht, hopped in the boat, went to another island dan snyder said if you don't hand me the subpoena i never got the nope. subpoena so tell your little jenny fox in the house oversight committee i'm fucking doing it why because you couldn't get the subpoena to stick to my body is that what is happening uh how you understand it boston Glock? yeah how i understand that's about right i mean we actually have a dan snyder yacht watch now i believe there's a twitter account that is just dedicated to seeing where on the planet that dan snyder is i just assume anytime they subpoena him his attorney is just going to be on vacation no matter what out of the country won't be there and dan snyder because he is such a little snake rat fucker he's probably not going to speak in front Whoa. of anybody because of the fact that he knows i need to have a guy who is an attorney who's a lawyer who can say like hey dan you can't really say that stuff because he's a loose cannon no they, say anything listen they show up right to the person oh yeah whenever you're getting subpoenaed so you said that his lawyer being out of work or whatever that does not matter they will try to show up at his yacht they have a strict we all have COVID on this boat uh, mm -hmm. policy. Sorry okay, about come it. On. They'll throw it at you, Sorry so you got to dodge it. Yeah, throw, yeah. yeah, they throw a paper, paper plane. Yeah. you got to have that yacht move so it doesn't even land in the boat. Because if it lands in the boat, you got to kick it. Mm -hmm. And if you have it for more than five seconds, it's like a five-second rule. It is uh, like 90% of lost possession. At that mm -hmm. point, if it's on your foot longer than five seconds, you kick right. it in the water. <laughs> it's not really yours. He might also have, I mean, we don't know. He does own a football team. I don't know if he knows anything about football. What if he has... Six dudes around him at all times. Yeah. So when the subpoena person shows up, it's just a full, you know, it's like a flying yeah. V type. Pass thing. pro. The hogs. He's like, oh, get, 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 oh. get, get. To, and they're batting it down. Mm -hmm. No, 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 no. Like this to the fucking subpoena person. Yeah. <laughs> is that what he's doing? And then how is that how our society operates? I assume when they made the bird call, hey, you've been subpoenaed with the way electronics are and everything. I guess he could just say that he hadn't heard it, didn't know it. I'm sorry, I didn't get any piece of paper. Well, you have your hands duct taped, sir. We yeah. couldn't, uh, well, should have made a better effort then. Is that what he's going to do for the next month, month until this dies down? They can no longer focus on it? Because I think Tom Pelissero said, Dan Snyder has fought everything for his entire life. He will continue to do so. Yeah. Is that what, he's dodged, duck, dip, diving, and dodging a subpoena, and that's his entire process? Bruce, you're our suit. Is that how this thing works? <laughs> Is that really how this works? If, he, if it doesn't get into his hands or into his property, he can legally say, oh, I, was never, I never saw it. I had no idea. No, yeah. I I think so, but I think that the next step would be to indict Dog him. the bounty hunter. They oh, will send Dog the no. bounty we'll hunter him, dog. out to that yacht. Well, Listen, you, you missed your trial. You missed your trial, all right? Yeah. You need to He's <laughs> lost his sweet. fastball. I wouldn't send him. Yeah, Just because he... Indict him. Careful him to comply with the subpoena. Well, he, hey, bro. If he's in France, you need to get the Night Fox and extradite his ass back here, okay? Mm, sure. I don't know if the Night it's Fox is going to be able to find somebody for the U.S. government better than Dog Bounty here. I think that's why they traded for Carl Wentz. He's up in the sniper tower taking anyone out that's coming for Dan Snyder. All with a, uh, a tranquilizing gun. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah so or a real one. He's got that thing that they shot that rhino up in that one movie or whatever, and uh, Carson Wentz <laughs> is just out there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it, subpoena person. Well, he's now not going to hit anybody.
Wow, he's got a great shot. Carl yeah. does look. It was a football. For Carl, like it was the best thing for him to go to the football team because when you have it's commanders, red, please football. When you when you have red hair and a red beard and you put a red uniform on, you look really good. Yeah, wow. that guy. Jesus Christ, that first look at that. <laughs> I, I don't know how that they don't just never put him in that uniform. Like even if the whole entire team's wearing it, What's put him in deal? a different fucking uniform. Listen, don't blame Carson for the way he looks. This is quite a body hair and skin shaming no, situation. It's not about how he looks, it's about how the colors look on him because it is so fucking bad. I, I don't know if there's ever been a worse looking quarterback in a <laughs> uniform before. I really don't. What's your deal? I'm I'm just being completely transparent. Carson doesn't deserve this. No, he doesn't. I hope I wish him all the best. They're going to stink, but I wish them all the best. They got Scary Terry still in the building. Yeah. Ron Rivera doing mm-hmm. his thing. Jason Wright saying, hey, we're changing the page. Mm-hmm. And they got an owner who right now is playing, you know, tag with the fucking U.S. government. Yeah. And, uh, sure. That is quite a move. <laughs> what? Is- Just the state of their franchise. Sorry. Like, what? Why? What, what is What's <laughs> going so on? Bad. They have an owner playing tag with the United States government. Mm-hmm. They're tra- <laughs> that place is dead. Oh, they're, they're so dead. <laughs> Probably for the next five, ten years. Yeah, they'll sell it for fucking seven billion dollars, yep, though. Exactly. And then he'll never get another subpoena again because he'll yep. literally be on a boat that is has layers on it. He that he might be on a boat because he has an actual moat around there. What if he has those Navy SEAL dolphins oh, swimming chance. around his yacht? Like, hey, you retired dolphins, yeah, you want to come smoke some cigs and protect me? I just need oh, you okay. to keep the government out. The government with the House Oversight Committee is trying to get a subpoena to him, so they send in some divers. You know, some divers going down there. Yep. Little they know. There's little Commander Dolphins swimming around. And boom! Not getting to Dan Snyder today, mm-hmm. pal. You're going to have to do something much different. Then the paint will fu- that they have over the muzzles of their... Uh, no, these are real things, by the way. Sure. Yeah, this is not... This is actual real thing. Around our military boats out at sea, the, we have dolphins that we have trained that protect them for any divers that yes. are trying to put bombs on the side of boats. And these dolphins, they put actual, like, muzzles on their noses that when they hit something uh ink goes to the top of the water so oh shit dolphins must have caught somebody by the way genius yeah when i learned of it i'm like no shit they got a fucking dolphin protecting it's like not just one they got like a navy not seals arsenal of navy dolphin because dolphins probably take massive offense to them being named seals Mm -hmm. even though it's not about the the actual animal seal it's about the sea land thing yeah navy seal dolphins navy seal dolphins navy sea fins do you talk to the dolphin? Do you have a dorsal fan? <laughs> Nonetheless, it is quite a scene with the commanders, and who knows how it ends. Uh, Tone Diggs, does this affect anything on the field at all for you as a gambler, knowing that it seems like their entire program is up in flames? Not smoke yet, because they haven't burnt down. They are just no. currently in flames right now. First and foremost, I don't think the fans are going to listen to Don Snyder because they're used to listening to distinguished military men, and he is not a distinguished man, okay? Um, secondly, lot he called him a rat snake fuck. Yeah, just a little bit ago, mm-hmm. that guy right there. Yeah, I did. He's a weasel. And then you took a shot directly. You body shamed Carson Wentz. No, I wasn't body did, shaming Wentz. Yep, I was yep, body yep, shaming yep, the colors on Wentz. I, I don't think Carson was like, <laughs> "Hey, you know what? Send me Jesus. to the Burgundy team." You know? Yeah, I mean, what is this a joke? Why? Why are we putting this thing up here? That's exactly that's QB1. what you would He's look a rocket. Like. Oh my they, god! They even said QB one. 
This guy is a rocket. He looks pissed to have those colors on. I, I know what be. you guys are talking about. Listen, as somebody who runs a little red every once in a while, yeah. if a red team would have drafted me, that yeah. would have been a problem. Exactly. I would not have been happy. You think Carson's thrilled to be there? No. You don't need to throw it in his fucking face. Thrilled to be there. I mean, he's getting paid $35 million to miss uh, the playoffs. You think he gives a shit what the hell they're going to uh, do this well, year? That happened in a blue uniform. Yeah, you exactly. Really okay. Good old line, too. Yeah, he is super pissed that he was promised two parades this fucking decade and Carson oh, yeah. put a fucking wrench in that place. I haven't. I haven't forgot about that. And I'm also pissed, you know, last year we're talking about Rams and Stafford. Why aren't we talking about Matt Ryan and the Colts? I thought this is the next oh, this is the next team to do it, huh? Uh, the issue is Matt Ryan doesn't post any workout videos on yeah. his social mm-hmm. media. And Matt That's Ryan right. won with the Falcons. Stafford never won with oh. the Lions. He didn't win the big one. Hey, I, I will say immediately upon Stafford getting traded to the Rams, I don't know how everybody else reacted. I was real. Well, they're going. They're going to be very good. Yeah, and here MVP Super Bowl. They're going to be very yeah, good. That was the expectation. Because we had been forced to watch the Detroit Lions because mm-hmm. Foxy is a part of this program, and we watched Detroit Lions just strictly so we can tell Foxy your team fucking stinks, exactly. dude. Stinks. Just do that. Uh, we have to. And what I learned from watching the Lions there when Stafford was quarterback is like. Oh, so the quarterback's not the problem. Yeah, you can sling it. And Rodgers, you talked about Stafford a lot of it's the like, times. Uh, nine up there in Detroit. <laughs> yeah. He does a lot of the throws that people are trying to do right now. Nonetheless, you don't think any of this affects the on-field stuff? And whether or not terrible person, Boston Connor, saying what he's saying about uh, QB1, whether or not the owner's playing tag with no. the House Oversight Committee with subpoenas, mm-hmm. wearing skin-tight clothes that don't have any pockets, or has duct tapes on his hands so that no subpoenas can actually be mm-hmm. stuck in his shirt or in his hands. No, Dan doesn't affect my gambling, because I know Jason Wright's in there, and, and Jason's doing a good job fucking changing that that, that program around. That's right. Um, I think on the field, though, like, it's not like they've had incredible quarterbacks the last few years, and they've been They've been mediocre because their, their their defense took two years ago really really good defense. Last year took a step back maybe. Uh, Chase, Chase got hurt. Right? Yeah, he got yeah, hurt. Torres, yeah. So, gambling wise, I still think they're going to be okay. It's not like I don't think they're going to blow the doors off at anybody, but I think I don't think Carson is a step back in the quarterback area. I don't think so either. And by the way, he has good football. It was great football. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's just that other football that happens that you got to hope he eliminates. He wasn't able to do it here. Maybe you'll be able to do it there because he's putting an, you know, an onus of an entire franchise on his back. Speaking of quarterbacks that are going to have to step up in a big way and put a franchise on their back. Uh-huh. Joining us now is a man who has all the passing records at the college that he attended. The same college that had Dan fucking Marino and Tyler Palco at. Yo. He was drafted number 20 overall to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hell yeah. He goes from one side of the building to the other side of the building as a University of Pittsburgh quarterback was beloved by the whole city. Now will he continue that folklore and that legacy build in the Steel City as the next Steelers quarterback? Hell Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, the ever handsome Kenny Pickett. Yeah, What's up, dude? What's going on, boys? Well, eat shit, Pitt. I have to say that. <laughs> you know, I have to, honestly. But uh, you were a fucking... Great to watch at the University of Pittsburgh. All my friends that went to Pitt, massive fan of yours. When he got drafted to the Steelers, everybody went bananas. Was that exactly how you felt? Were you pumped to stay in the city of Pittsburgh? Because I know that there's a lot of pressure that also comes alongside of that with tickets and family and friends and everything like that. Yeah, man, I was I was pumped. Um, kind of, we didn't know where I was, was going to go. But it was like between 6 and 20 was the range, so... Uh, there was a lot of movement in like that middle part of the first round, so we thought, you know, that was maybe one of my spots. And then when I slipped to twenty, um, kind of had a pretty good feeling that's where I was going to land. Um, how did you enjoy the whole draft process? Because we, alongside everybody else, 
had to talk about every single part of your body. <laughs> Literally every single part of your body was dissected. You know, your hand size, this guy's hand size too small. Yeah. His hair too long. This guy's got too much <laughs> flow. He's got too much moxie. Did you did you hate? Did you try to keep that all out? Or how much did you hear of the outside noise, Kenny? Um, I mean, you'd be lying to yourself, you say, when guys say, oh, I don't hear it. Like, this day and age, like, somehow you can put the TV on and you're just going to see it pop across your screen by accident. So, like, of course you hear things, but it was a unique process, man. I'm happy I only had to do it once, I can tell you that. Um, so I found found my new home, and I'm excited now to uh, start my, my rookie year. What was it like going to dinner with Tomlin and Colbert? Did you do that? And how, because they, they had dinner with everybody, and it looks like they're having a great time everywhere they go, and Tomlin loved the entire process. Colbert, by the way, said, I'm going to draft the next quarterback of this team, and then I'm going to retire. So that's how he will forever go down with you being his last quarterback selection. How was that with Tomlin and Colbert, and how much did you learn about them that maybe you didn't realize from being in the building with them for five years or whatever with the University of Pittsburgh? Right. Man, I'll tell you what, I missed the dinner part of it. They must have skipped that out on me. They just oh, had me walk next door. Oh, shit! Sorry. They just, had me pop, they just had me pop over next door. I have to, I have to mess with the coach on that one, but... um. It's great finally being on that side of the building, obviously, and getting to know them a lot better. I was only really able to watch them practice and kind of have, you know, brushing shoulders when I was walking out to the practice field. That was kind of it. So um, now that I got a chance to be in the building and get to work with those guys a little bit, obviously it's a lot different. And you can see, you know, why they have such a great, you know, franchise there. Is it vastly different? Are you still eating with, like, at the same – like – how much is there of a difference? Because I didn't go uh, to Pitt. I've been in there because I got a chance to call one of your games on Thursday night, same exact night that the Steelers were playing, I believe, in Pittsburgh at the same time. Great schedule set up there. But I was in there, <laughs> and I think I got to experience I saw the Aaron Donald stuff. And Is it very similar? Like, same cafeteria, same uh, e equipment management? No, I guess equipment rooms are different. They have to be. How, mu how much of a new life are you living right now? And is there any introductions to anybody behind the scenes? At the UPMC building now that you've gone from college to the pro team yeah there's a couple obviously coaching staffs and then uh but lunch wise I mean we eat in that the Steelers cafeteria when we're in Latrobe so like for Pitt's camp we're we're pretty much in there so I know everybody on a first name basis they know what I eat pretty much religiously every time I go in there they have it ready for me so it's actually it's funny so it's like you know just my second home really um a lot of our pit equipment guys when they graduate from Pitt, they pop over and they work in the equipment room with the Steelers. So I have I have a couple guys that I know, you know, in the equipment room. So it's pretty uh it's pretty cool experience, you know, having having playing right next door. You know, NIL is just the last year or so. It sounds like Pitt has been cheating for a while. For a long time. No, it's yeah. a good program. No, it sounds like the an NFL team has been benefiting. No, it's just an internship program. No, yeah. no, it sounds like an NFL team has been paying huh. a call it No. Wow. In house. Wow. Fucking take them out. Take their pitch away. <laughs> Take them out. Um, you were obviously a fan favorite of Pittsburgh. Your accolades are very, very long at the University of Pittsburgh. All-time leading passer. And in the ACC, you became, you know, a guy. You created the fucking Blitnikoff winner. Uh, what is the transition to the NFL game like? And you haven't played a game yet. You've only had OTAs. But what has the difference been? Or have you been able to pick it up pretty quickly? Because I think a lot of people say the way that pit offense was run with what you had to dissect, run over the sideline, get the play, run back in, figure things out quickly. Has there been a big jump, a big difference? And have you felt like you've been uh, kind of in the deep end at all in these OTAs with the Steelers? Uh, really, I would say, you know, we had a lot of installs throughout 
you know, camp and stuff. Like, I think we stretched it out to about 13. With the Steelers, it's at six. So the volume in each install obviously is a lot more. And, uh, you know, every time I would, you know, the more reps I'm getting, the more comfortable I feel. So that's that's the big thing. And I got to become, you know, really good at getting mental reps and, and learning at a faster pace. And, uh, you know, I'm using this time, really this month off that we have, you know, the month off where you're just training at home or training wherever you're at um, to get my body right, get ready for, you know, the camp schedule and how many times I'm be throwing a ball a day and, and obviously get a jump on the playbook and, and study and film. So I would say the transition has been, it's been going really well. I'm putting a lot of time in. I think, you know, that's why it's, it's going well because of how hard I'm studying and, and trying to prepare. So I'm excited to get back to camp. How, and I don't want you to kill yourself before your season even begins with Mike Tomlin or anybody, but what are your expectations going into the season and how's your relationship with big Mitch Trubisky? Has he been, he obviously knows the deal too. He's been around the NFL. We all can kind of see what's taking place. How's your relationship with him and what are your expectations of this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, we have, we have high expectations for that building. Um, you know, they, they, they've been an unbelievable franchise since this really started. So I just want to continue that continue that greatness. And Mitch has been awesome. Um, really, every quarterback in the room has been awesome. Uh, so, you know, we all work together. We bounce ideas off each other. He's been a great, you know, resource to have, along with all the other quarterbacks when I have questions. And, you know, they've been in the league for some time now, him and Mason. And then, you know, Chris Oladukin came in with me, and he, we've been kind of attached to the hip. And uh, we do pretty much everything together, extra meeting time, film, uh, going over the the playbook and everything so it's really everyone's kind of moving towards the same direction we just want to win so there's definitely high expectations coming in the season your biggest fan tone digs your question hello kenny um so when sid was drafted by the penguins he lived with mario lemieux for a few years um have you thought about maybe living with seven uh for a Jeez. couple years just you know get, get gather some knowledge from here i mean 18 years the guy have, has he reached out to you at all have you thought about living with ben at all He's reached out. He didn't offer me the guest room yet. Um, oh, no. uh, maybe I can touch base with him again and see if see if that's up for grabs, but not not as of yet. What have some of the older quarterbacks told you about what to expect in the league versus what you had in college? What are some things that have maybe been passed down, like this is what you should prepare for? Yeah, I mean, the length of the season, obviously. You know, they added another game. You have the three preseason games. So making sure you take care of your body, your arm especially. Um, depending on how many reps you get throughout the week, kind of managing that that aspect of it. Um, taking it a week at a time, too. You know, everyone says as a rookie, this is just a really long year because you're going in from your – you had your season, you're getting ready for a combine and the stresses of that and the draft, and then you're ready to your rookie year. So um, it's been going well. I'm just taking it in stride, honestly, a day at a time. I'm really enjoying it. Love the team that I'm on. Um, so I'm just, you know, having fun doing what I love. But, you know, it's just taking it a day at a time, really. I do not – judge this because I have plenty of friends that can throw a ball 75, 80 yards with gloves on that are wide receivers and they'll catch it and they'll be able to huck it and the grip helps. But it was obviously something you were judged for during the entire draft process. And who's judging you? Well, probably people who have other interests in mind, like maybe somebody that they would like to see get drafted before you. And there's always the judgment, but plenty of quarterbacks, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, just to be a couple of them. Teddy Bridgewater had a lot of success using two gloves. When did you decide to go to the two gloves? And have you noticed any difference between a college ball, which is maybe a little bit easier to handle, to an NFL ball while you're throwing it? Yeah, man, you're going to be familiar with this one. I think, you know, I did it once my sophomore year, but really after that North Carolina game that you called, I stuck with it after that game. So you, you could take some some pride in that. I mean, Here we you, go. After that, after that game, 
I kind of stuck with it. Coach Whipple's like, you know, it doesn't have to be cold to, to rock the gloves. So I wore them since then on out. Uh, so, you know, it worked out well that game. It just kind of felt more comfortable, stuck with it. I mean, I feel great throwing the ball in, in the NFL, too. So it's just kind of something that I enjoy, and I just feel, you know, more comfortable with it. So I can't throw a college ball pretty anymore because I'm an NFL ball thrower. Like, that's a legit thing. Like, I can't. It's hard for me with the way I handle it and the way I throw. Like, the Duke is the best ball on earth. Mm -hmm. I mean, an NFL ball is the best ball on earth. It is amazing. I can't throw a college ball anymore. Did you have that type of issue when you were transitioning to the NFL ball? Or was it like a fish to water almost with your entire throwing motion? Yeah, well, the year prior in the offseason, I kind of threw in an NFL ball in my training a little bit um, just kind of to have a feel for it and see it, see how I liked it. And I kind of was using both back and forth, and I felt good using both. So when I got to train this year, there wasn't that. I know a lot of guys have said that there was a little bit of a period where, you know, the ball wasn't coming out as clean as they'd like it, and I kind of had to get used to it. But I think, you know, thanking to last last year of going back to it and mixing it in my workouts, it actually worked out pretty well for me. You played baseball growing up? I did. Were you a pitcher pretty good or no? Outfield. Outfield. Oh, athlete. Yeah. Huh? It's killing my golf game. The slices. That's what everyone I, everyone says that I have a slice because of the, the baseball. Yeah, I gotta figure I gotta figure that out quick. Gotta keep the elbow tight. Hey, me. you gotta keep the elbow tight to the body. Yep. You know, come out of the pocket, Kenny. <laughs> I used to be a big time slicer. Now yep. my golf I'm just I'm going as flat as possible almost. Or two too flat of a swing it's like well you should see the fucking other one the other one <laughs> right. is yep. is gone out there now you're a quarterback you're gonna have to golf have you always been a golfer or now you're getting inducted into the qb fraternity of oh we golf all the fucking time yeah i i get i get invited a lot of play i love playing scrambles like i we yes. played a scramble last week and i go last on the off the drive because if they hit a good one i don't even go i just pick the ball up i'm like let's save the ball and i'll just drop with you guys because i can't i play in the other fairway pretty much every time so I, everyone, everyone's starting to invite me out to golf, and I got to figure it out. Like Dan Marino yeah. invited me to go down. Oh, oh. I'm trying to get the game oh, right. Lively round. I, I head down. Jesus. I mean, Pickett, you're a fucking first rounder, a quarterback for the Steelers. Get some service. I mean, this is, you know what I mean? This is unbelievable. Come you, on. You just, you, you cut out in the middle there. We'll call you back. Let us call you back in like two seconds here. Uh, Dan Marino was calling him out there, by the way, to alpha him because he took all Dan Marino's. For sure. Yeah, he's probably pissed. He's asked around, how's, how's Kenny's game? Oh, uh, he hits it a long way, but he has no idea where it's going. Hey, Ken, I was wondering. <laughs> come on down. Hey, I was wondering you want to come golf tournament around all these big sponsors and business people around Pittsburgh. Didn't know. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, Kenny Pickett. We got a better <laughs> connection. That's on our side, not on your side. Hey, you know, Dan Marino invited you there to alpha you because you took all his records at Pitt and he heard you weren't that good of a player. He's like, let me, hey, why don't you come on fucking out here and uh, golf with the boys? <laughs> mm. uh, how has, has Dan Marino always been in contact with you because of the University of Pittsburgh connection? And obviously, he's big time Pittsburgh guy, fucking loves the city and everything like that yeah yeah once in a while i will reach out and i was with him actually for the acc championship game the night before he was getting honored and i had the you know the acc player of the year honor we kind of sat with each other for that that event it was awesome no my good. family got to meet him my fiance got to meet him so it was great uh congrats on the fiance here we go yeah Hey, forever's Thank a long time. It's you. worth Thanks. it. It's worth it, though. It's 100% worth it. Forever's a long time. It's worth it. Um, <laughs> I've enjoyed the hell out of being married. Uh, I assume some of your teammates will tell you opposite, because I heard that sometimes in the locker room. And I'm like, well, it sounds like you're not in a great marriage. Okay. Let's hope that mine is not that way. So remember, there is some fantastic marriages out there, even if you're told opposite from maybe some other people. Um, do you think your athleticism 
uh, doesn't get talked about enough, especially because your athleticism changed the fucking rule in college football. And do you think that is something that maybe people will be surprised in the NFL because it wasn't really chatted about in the draft process? That fake slide thing changed the game completely, not just the game you're in, but... I mean, people were pissed, Kenny. Hey, yeah. hey, there's defenders, like NFL guys, who were like, what are we supposed to do? Fucking take his head off? <laughs> like, everybody was mad. Everybody was mad about it. But I think what isn't chatted about is how athletic a move like that actually takes. I would have blown both of my knees out doing a little slow thing like that. Do you feel comfortable <laughs> and confident with the speed in the NFL? And do you think you'll be on the move at all? Or are you throwing the rock all the time? Yeah, yeah man, I think. I think uh, it's definitely an aspect of my game I'm excited to show. And um, I think the game's kind of changed when you look around the league. A lot of guys are athletic and they extend plays, and that's how a lot of big plays happen. Um, so that was something that Coach Whipple kind of, you know, really helped my game to keep my eyes down the field and finding receivers and making big-time plays. So that's something I think I'll definitely use in Coach Canada's offense. And he, he naturally kind of integrates it with how he moves the pocket and does a lot of great things. So I'm um, excited to, uh, to kind of show that this camp. Yeah, you were just the white guy with small hands during the entire negotiation, your entire draft process. Mm -hmm. And then you see some videos, it's like, hey, the fucking guy can move a little bit. Yeah, guy, He can move. You can extend a play if you had to. Like, I, I don't know why that wasn't chatted about. It's strictly because they wanted other people drafted. Uh, another stupid yenzer. Nick, go ahead, pal. <laughs> uh, Ken, you're obviously putting in the work with the guys uh, getting ready for the season and everything. But if you had a chance, as Pat always says, a team comes together better over a keg or around a keg than kale. So have you had a chance to kind of go out with any of the guys and get a beer and kind of bond a little bit, or has it all been strictly business so far? Um, no, we had a chance, actually. We went to Kenny Chesney, so I'm sure you guys are familiar with how that goes oh, in yeah. Pittsburgh. That oh, was yeah. an unbelievable time. Um, you know, really, really enjoyed that. Had a little suite, had a bunch of guys up there. We were tailgating and everything. So that was, that was some good camaraderie. We had to call the night a little early. Um, it was getting a little out of hand, but it was it was definitely something that uh, that we're all gonna you know that's a good memory to have going into our first season. With some rookies had some veteran guys there. Um, it was awesome. When the sun goes down, we got to get out of here because everybody's too fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, do we have a back door out of this whole thing? Uh, leadership, big deal. Pittsburgh Steelers are like a college, you know, not just because they share a building with the University of Pittsburgh, but because veterans and alumni seem like are more welcome back than anywhere else. I, I might be mistaken, but it feels like the OGs are around a lot. Have any of the older uh, Steelers players reach out or talk to you or met with you or are you planning on that happening probably during training camp and what are your thoughts on the Steelers organization now that you're inside of it a little bit more yeah man it's definitely um you can see why they've had success over the years just really it starts from the top down with you know Kevin and, and coach Tomlin and, and how they run the building and it trickles down from there but you know I'm next to Cam Hayward and, and Connor Hayward his younger brother's next to him so we're kind of in that little corner uh, talked to Ryan Shazier, Cam Sutton's been awesome. Obviously, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick. I'm listing all these guys, and uh, when you walk in that building, they kind of just treat you like you know, like you should be treated as a teammate, and they're always looking to help out. And you can see why. Like I said, they've had so much success over the years, so it's just a great place to work. And every time I walk in there, I'm excited to be there, and you can tell everyone's you know excited to get to work, and they want to be there. You know, they don't have to be there. I think there's a huge difference in that. So, um, you know, everything everything feels, you know, the way it should be, I feel like, in an NFL, you know, team. And, and I'm excited to be a part of it and kind of help chase, chase more greatness for us. Hey, an NFL quarterback is, like, viewed at having to do all the shit. Like, hey, you got to be there early. 
You have to show face in these meetings. You got to do this because you're the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, whether you like it or not, a quarterback in the NFL. Have you always been that type of guy to begin? Because I think all reports are like, Great teammate, great leader, has all the moxie and the character traits. But is that something you have to intentionally think about? Like, as a quarterback in the NFL, you are expected to do the shit that's out of movies, not real life. You know what I mean? Like, Peyton, I'd watch Peyton. He was actually in there before everybody else. Like, actually in there before everybody else, even though it's only talked about. Whenever there was a downtime, he's actually running sprints so that we all fucking see him run sprints, too. You know, like, okay, this guy is a movie character of what an NFL quarterback is, but I think that is actually how a lot of the greats operate. Like, they they might not be natural for them to do such a thing, but they understand the, the position that they're in. It's no longer a high school or college operation. You're a fucking NFL quarterback. There's only 32 spots. Have you thought about that at all? Does that change the way you go about your day-to-day -day now that there's an added pressure of a billion-dollar operation on your shoulders in the future? And what are your thoughts on that entire NFL quarterback kind of cliche expectations as a whole? Yeah, I think that's the good thing about how I was kind of raised. You know, my dad was a big football guy, um, kind of taught me everything in terms of work ethic. And then when I got into college, I got into a big routine. I went to the Manning camp and got a chance to meet Peyton and, uh, you know, build a relationship with him and just have him like kind of go through his routine of a week. And um, I took that and brought it to Pitt. And I kind of built in and now it's just kind of a, a lifestyle and what I like to do and how I like to go about my day is getting that routine and, once you become comfortable with it, it's just like you don't think about those things. You're just doing it because, you know, you're chasing, you know, you want to be the best and you, you have this routine that you feel comfortable with. You know, it works. You, you did your research on it. So um, I'm a big, big research guy. I kind of like to ask a lot of questions and it works for me, but it's definitely something you have to do. I mean, I want to be the best and perform at the highest, highest level I can. So I'm putting in all the work I possibly can be to be as prepared to, to go into the season and compete. Well, still be a human, though, you know, like still be a human. And I think that is right. some people can't do it. You know, some people like I think that's why. And I'm only talking about Peyton strictly because I had to watch it and got to watch it. He we were able to have beers together. And right. then like the next morning, that son of a bitch is fucking he's there earlier than everybody else doing everything. And it's like, oh, this is why he's Peyton Manning. And I don't know if Peyton loved doing that or if Peyton, same thing as you, it just became a lifestyle whenever he saw his dad and when he saw his family. It's like, hey, this is just how it goes when you're a quarterback. It's different than everything else. And I think watching you experience that is going to be fantastic over the next couple of years. Uh, Tomlin and you, how's the relationship? Good dap ups, I assume. I heard he's a great shit talker. I assume you are as well. How's your relationship with Coach T? He's great, man. He's everything you could expect. Um, you know, he just he coaches you hard. Same with Coach Canada. He actually recruited me to Pitt, and I never got a chance to play for him. Now I can, you know, finally get that opportunity to play for him. Um, but it's been great. Yeah, like you see, he is a great shit talker. Now we, we go back and forth. He asks us if we're ever going to throw the ball down the field. I'm like, man, you're playing all this zone. Play some man-to-man, -man, then we'll, we'll try and put it over your head. So, so I'm, I'm excited to, to get to camp and continue to compete with him and, and the defense. And uh, like I said, it's just a good competitive atmosphere, man. Everyone's going at it every single day. So it's kind of what, it's really what you want, um, you know, in, in teammates and to be on a great team like that. Hey, you survived Southside for five years yeah. at the University of Pittsburgh. Congratulations, man. Honestly, Hell yeah. It's not easy. Those of us that have been there know it's not easy. Dude, that, that, that place, yeah, man. I don't, I don't know. I can't say I, I go out in Southside too often. Uh, that place is brutal. 
Yeah, it's smart. Yeah, he won a couple times. He said, I'm going to not do that. Huh? We just lost your service again with you, but I think that means the universe is telling us to shut the fuck up. We appreciate <laughs> you so much, man. Good luck this offseason. We're all very, very pumped to watch you become an NFL quarterback. Uh, your journey is going to be one that's fantastic, and uh, good luck with everything, brother. Awesome, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hey, man, I'm happy that me and, you know, Hasselbeck and Adam Amin and Molly McGrath said, hey, you should wear gloves. Yeah. And, yeah. and then look at you now. Yeah. Here we are. Look at us. Thank dude. you, Pat. Hey, no problem. No problem. Good luck out there. You're the man, dude. Hey, am I going to see you Thursday night at Heinz Field here soon? I'll let you know. Hey, Kenny. <laughs> hey, Kenny. Hey, 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 Kenny, 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 Kenny. Kenny. Hey. Yeah. If your first start is a night game, we're coming. All right. Okay, if it's a Sweet. one o'clock game, I can't can't do it. I'm sorry, can't do it. There's a lot of games on. Can't do the one o'clock game. I'll be there no matter what. Tone will be there for sure. Nick will probably be there for sure. There we'll get an entire suite. Do the whole uh, Kenny Chesney thing, and probably not be able to make it to the end of the game. So <laughs> let's way. start hot. Let's start hot. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen. Kenny Pickett. Yeah, Kenny. Of sports talk begins. Nice That's right. right. Welcome back to that show. It is terrible. Yeah. Um, sports are in an interesting spot right now. Mm -hmm. I guess tennis is taking place. Wimbledon's oh. going on, yeah. Wimbledon's going on. Everybody cares about that for sure. We'll oh, chat yeah. with Bruce about what's going on over there at some point. Also, Bruce has a correction he would like to make after correcting me yesterday on an open microphone on a show with my name on it. Go ahead, uh, Bruce Brown. It's fucking bullshit, mate. Yeah, what's that? Tommy Fury's got nothing to do with this. No, please go on, though, because remember, I stated something. Well, Tommy Fury probably won't be able to get into America either if Tyson and his dad are both being withdrawn access to America. We'd assume another family member, brother, who's in the same sport, would also not be able to get in there. Bruce said, no, 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 no you have no idea. I read the Reddit. I, I read, uh, I read mm. the entire thing. Tommy's just fine. Turns out Tommy can't get into America okay. either, which would make sense because the entire Fury family is currently being investigated for being hung up with a mob boss who's currently in Dubai. I, I didn't realize the level of Irish discrimination going on Thank still you. in this country. Thank you. Uh, that's on me. I should have realized that they they would have banned Tommy Fury as well. Well, all good. Uh, you are the person that we look for for these types of information, so things are going to happen as we move forward. Can you move your face one side or the other from that pole, though, so everybody can get a good look at that thing? Zoom in on that, Foxy, will you please? Yeah. Look at He's wearing a fire department hat right now with that mustache. I don't know if it's stolen valor or not, but Firefighter Week was here a couple weeks ago, uh -huh. and you would have been getting free drinks everywhere. Oh, boy, Bruce. You look fucking awesome, Bruce. I'll let you know that. You're doing a great job, too, pal. It's not an easy job, what you have to do. You're in replace of Nick, who is in replace of Ty. Ty, congrats on the baby. We miss you, pal. Gumpy, we miss you as well. At Boston Connors here. One half of the hammer. Dad. Cowboys Tone Diggs is here. The Tommy Fury thing felt like that was... Easy to piece together. Yeah, nice How job. did Tommy Fury not know that he wasn't able to come in? Is that not something they send you? Or has he got the duct tape on his hands like Snyder with the mm. subpoena? Yeah, I thought that he would have been with Tyson and, their, and his dad when he was What's going Tyson's over. What's Tyson's dad name, by the way? John? Oh. King or something? Well, Gypsy King is Tyson. So okay. this would be the... Uh, <laughs> The King's Father. John Fury. Good stuff. John Fury. Go, John Fury. John. Okay, so I had it. He's a great speaker, by the way. Yeah. He's been banned from America for a long mm -hmm. time, I guess. Tyson now recently banned from America for doing business with said Irish mobster who's currently tied up in Dubai, I believe. Yep. He's been investigated by everybody for some sort of Rico shit going on. Now Tommy Fury has been added to that list. And did Tommy Fury not know he was on that list? Did they know he was on that list? And this was just an excuse to get out of fighting Jake Paul? No. Again? I assume that oh, they, no. again. They 
didn't know about Tommy Fury until we brought up his name yesterday on the show. Defense? Yeah. Who the fuck? Maybe they're putting the squeeze on him. Hey, you got your little fight. You want to come in here and make a bunch of money? Give us the info we need. What if they would have had him fly over and then trapped him in customs? Yeah, gotcha. Which does oh. happen and is a nightmare. Happy mm-hmm. they didn't. I don't know when Tommy Fury found out he was on a no-fly list to America. It is insane what's going on in the world. Joining us now is a man who is an anomaly in this world. That's right. He's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup champion, a COVID survivor, a private plane survivor, currently fathering 15 children. Jesus. AJ Hawk. Yeah! yeah. Oh. AJ, how you doing? Hey guys, how was uh, Kenny Pickett? You guys feel good about the the Steelers' future? I didn't get to see it. That's a great question for Tone Diggs. Tone, how do you feel after the conversation with Kenny? You have to love that guy, right? I do love that guy. I feel great about Kenny Pickett. Nice. What's what okay, do you say? I was really asked. I think Tone thinks I'm like I have. I no, I didn't get to see it. I, I assumed he was awesome. How was it? Well, Tone was kind of like, hey, AJ's normally super defensive about everything we ask him. Yeah. So I'll just play cosplay AJ Hawk when you ask me a question. Is that why you got so defensive there? It felt like, it felt, don't don't make that face. Reverse psychology. So what happened? You thought AJ was making fun of Kenny Pickett? You didn't like Kenny Pickett's appearance on here, AJ? I honestly did not see Kenny Pickett's appearance. I was asking a question. How was it? He was great. How'd you know if he was on? 30 minutes to answer one question. Everybody fucking knew he's on. We were marketing yesterday. Literally, we were saying, hey, be a friend. Yeah, but you tell him stuff, and then five minutes later, he asked stuff that he said not to say. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. Oh, Oh, see, look at that. He does usually know, too. He usually at least watches clips. Does yeah? No, I, yes, I do. I normally what? do. What? What was clips. the problem okay. with Kenny's interview? You didn't think he did well? Oh, oh my goodness! Do you want me to hang up and call back again? We can start the show over. I'm not doing it. I did not see Kenny Pickett. I'm genuinely wow. asking, how was it? I thought he was awesome. But I listen. I don't think that you were ignorant to the entire thing and trying to make Tone Diggs or Nick feel terrible about the convo we just had. His internet was horrendous, though. So uh, you know, mm-hmm. his connection was bad. So may, is that why you brought it up? You felt like a good connection. Oh Maybe he'll be a Super Bowl oh, champion as well, yeah. just like AJ Hawk. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, we only have our sample size is small. But the focus group that we have studied, Great. if you come on this show and regularly have a terrible connection, you're going to be a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. yeah. Congrats to Super, uh, Kenny Pickett. Nice job. Is that what you wanted, AJ? Okay, you're Congrats, welcome. Congrats, Ken. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to go back and watch it eventually because I got no answers from you guys. He was cool. He was very cool. Good conversation. He, at the end, he asked me to come to Heinz Field on a Thursday or whatever, and I thought that was a callback to me calling his game on a Thursday or – a Steelers game on a Thursday. I guess he's talking about the backyard brawl, which is happening again. And I definitely knew that. Oh yeah. I certainly knew I think that. You'll was... speaking of Ireland. I think you'll be in Ireland. I'll be in Ireland. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not going back to Ireland. That place treated me like shit. Isn't that where King's Castle event is at? Oh, it's Wales. Wales. Jesus, uh, they're not all the this same. This guy. They're not all the same. What the hell are That's we talking about? That's a part of the problem. What right the there. hell? Come hell? on, Diggs. So. <laughs> I was at a bar with Seamus, you know, in Austin. Yeah. And Jesus. Seamus has an incredibly Irish accent, clearly, you know, because he is from Ireland. Calls me Patty. Some guy at the bar that we were sitting, trying to order a drink, sitting right next to, you from Ireland? Yeah, you know, Seamus. Seamus with a classic. He's like, how is it over there? And I go, Seamus, tell him, you guys fucking hate Americans. Tell him, that he, tell him he should not go. And Seamus looks at me and starts laughing. I'm like... Tell them you hate Americans. You go, This would be a lie if you did not tell them. They don't like Americans over there. 
I've never been called a stupid Yankee more than whenever Patrick McAfee went back to Ireland in my entire life. I guess Dublin's just big city, so it's like New York City in Ireland. But if you travel outside of Dublin and go to some of those smaller towns and you accidentally happen into a bar and you're an American, they fucking hate you. Foxy's been there. Do they not? Try to kick my whole family out of a bar for just trying to have a nice ice Hold on, though. Well, your dad was stumbling over drunk. That's different. That's different. Listen, I... I am certainly hateable. I understand that in a lot of places. But I have not been hated like I have been hated in any other country other than Ireland. Ireland is by far the worst. Is it because, though, are they upset that it's like stolen valor? You're trying to come in and claim like you're such an Irish dude when they're like, no, you're American Irish. I did not. I had jorts on. I had a tank top on. I'm fucking American, okay? I'm not trying to be Irish. My name just so happens to be pretty reminiscent with this country yeah. i apologize i was trying to come back and see my roots county cork this is where i'm from get out of your fucking yank yeah. all right oh, it's a real what shame. did i do dude what the fuck did i i was coming back to celebrate this thing lads i've, ne I've never yeah. been i need to check it out no you don't no you don't Listen. my daughter my wife and my daughter went on saint patty's day i got good videos of them dancing like in a little parade parade yeah they, they jumped in everyone was super friendly to them women and children are okay yeah it's that's yeah. not just oh good okay. just man Real shame not to be embraced by your uh, country of your ancestors origin, you know? I was fucking bummed. I legitimately was bummed. I'd, I'd never be... You have nowhere to go, right? If they turn you away, hey, you have nowhere to go. go to Italy. Dublin. Speaking of, there was a terrible... Matteo Berrettini. Oh, no. Who was second favorite to win Wimbledon. Had a dropout this morning. Why? COVID? Still a thing. Mob ties? No. Tommy Fury reason? COVID ties. Oh. Rest uh, in peace. Thank you. COVID was over. We're still testing? Oh, yeah. Are they uh, testing all of them? Apparently. We got Gary Bettman, too. Or just the Italians. He wasn't able to hand out oh, the Oh, yeah. Cup. I saw the oh. fake commission. This is the this is the high level, the C-suite variant. C-suite taking variant. out all the important folks. The teenies. Is that a thing? And, and the Bettmans. You are an absolute fucking And the mans. I mean, hey, it's taking out. What'd you say, Connor? <laughs> he said it's taking <laughs> out the teenies. Shame. Who's that? Yeah. Exactly. This is actually called back to yesterday where he said something incredibly slanderous. <laughs> this, this is coming off of attacking Carson Wentz because of his hair color. Yeah, he's been body shaming people today. Connor's been doing a lot I, no, of I am body not. shaming No, today. I am not. Carson Put the just picture like of Carson up, please. Fucking clown. Connor, you don't have to continue to hammer this up. All right, please. All right. Carson Wentz is a rocket, just like the Washington Commanders tweet. What's wrong with this? Exactly. We don't know. Connor his, has hands. A his hands are gigantic, Connor. You wish you had hands like that. Yeah, you You're wish right. that a ball looked like that in your hands, pal. Right. I would ha rather have no hands than look like that in the way that he does in that uniform. You would look exactly like that if they put that helmet on you. No, I, I, I wouldn't because I don't have red shit all over my face. Uh, you What's do. What's your deal? I do. Hey, listen. No I, hey, this gets a little longer, I do. But guess what? I don't let it get a little longer because I know that you look He's like an asshole. He's been in the stand for the last four months. They forced him into coming in and taking a photo. He wants to play football and shoot things with his bow and arrow. That's the face of a guy who says, if I wasn't getting paid $35 million, I'd retire right now for putting this jersey on. Listen, there's a lot of guys at photo shoots <laughs> that have that in their eyes if you're to see the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys. If I wasn't getting paid the amount of money, there's no way I'd be putting this whole song and dance on for this little photo shoot routine. I'd like to give a shout out to the commander social team for not putting any behind the scenes stuff of QB1, nice. the rocket, Carson Thank Wentz you. out without us saying because it's already an uncomfortable situation enough because Carson as soon as he put this costume on 
He knew what was going to be said by assholes like you. Yeah. I think even before he put it on, I think when he saw it, he started breaking down crying. I think this photo shoot took like two, three hours to oh, calm him oh, down. He right. showed up in the gold jacket, remember? Yeah. With yeah. the burgundy oh. and... Don't talk about that gold jacket. They had to burn that before he left the building because they said, if you put that back on and come in here, people are going to basically bet us to go 0-17. Okay, well, I think Carson's going to find his home in Washington. They oh. need him to. I think he's going to play better quarterback. He's going to piss all over Connor right from yes. the Super Bowl parade. I hope so. Oh, yeah. I hope so. The, AJ, I mean, don't you? No, I don't. I do, but I don't because then it would also give Connor like a lot of pride too, knowing that Carson called him out in a moment like that and golden showered him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, hey, I would like a good golden shower, but I know that Carson's not going to do anything. I mean, the Cowboys are better than them. The Eagles are better than them. They don't have an owner. They're moving their stadium. All right, so let's talk about the owner. This is news, actually, AJ, and I think I'll be uh, excited to hear your thoughts on this. Dan Snyder hasn't accepted the subpoena. From the House Oversight Committee. There is a full yacht search, yacht thoughts on Twitter. Ladies is the name of his yacht. It is currently on an island off the coast of France that is the home of Napoleon. And obviously there was a lot of punditry around uh -huh. that where Dan Snyder is escaping to. A little madman who had too much power and abused it. That's what a lot of people are saying <laughs> about the current owner of the commanders. I don't know how you don't accept the subpoena. So this feels like a movie to me. So Dan Snyder's defense in this entire thing is as long as it doesn't end up like in my shirt, in a pocket, in my hands, or anything that I am, I never officially accepted it. So what if he's walking off his yacht into town to get some fruits or something, or mm -hmm. whatever the fuck he would be doing, probably something much more toxic than fruit, you get it. What if he has, you know like Edward Forty hands? What if he just has duct tape around his hands, skin tight shirts on with no pockets, and they cover his shoes, and the subpoena person's right next to him the entire time, like trying to get it. He's like, what, 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 where are you gonna put it? Where are you gonna put it? I don't have it, I don't have it. Maybe one of those tight, skin-tight fits that even The green has, ones. Yeah. yeah, like the track. The green the, screen thing, yeah. Yeah, the freeze, that uh, Mr. Freeze guy yes. runs yeah. under the thing, goes over his head, mm -hmm. and he's like, where are you gonna put it? I don't get it. And they're trying to stick it in the suit, and he can't get it, and then he gets back on his yacht, shuts the thing, and by, he's like, by the way, <clears throat> I got COVID. So how long can he do this to the subpoena thing? And Dan Snyder is a movie character. He is out of a movie. It is not necessarily a great character in the movie, but goddamn, this guy just continues to spiral into his own world of not giving a fuck. And now the House Oversight Committee is going to have to see it from the other side, AJ. Yeah, the, it's very uh, creative, the ways that he could elude, I guess, being, uh, you know, them subpoenaing him and actually receiving. The documents, I guess, the Edward Forty hands does make sense. Like, hey, can't grab it, can't grab it. But maybe if he just goes dong out straight naked, though, they're gonna stay away from him as well. What do you do? Stick it between my cheeks? Like, come well, on, could guys. Sew up all like, he just knows, like, that'll keep him thinking. away, right? Well, he might be able to put it through the cheeks there, you know, credit card type situation oh, yeah. if he's walking around nude. But that I Dan's assume... gonna spread his legs. Be like, no, it didn't stay. Well, Dan's Doesn't got count. no kicks too, probably. I've no, seen uh -huh. he's got no kicks. That thing's probably just flat as goddamn. Yeah. Whatever you gotta do. Back anyway. ass. Uh, I hate to change the subject because this is great conversation. We'll have to dive back into it because it really is the only news. <laughs> yeah. Joining us now uh, is the NBA insider. He wins every single free agency, every draft, every big momentous occasion for the NBA in which inside news is showcased. This dude wins it. Yep. He's young. He's handsome. He's entrenched in the middle of about 7,000 stories right now. So we apologize for taking your time from the athletic and the stadium. Ladies and gentlemen, Sham Sharani. Yeah, How are you, Doug? Pat, I'm good. I'm good. It was good joining you guys last week. We talked about Kyrie last week. 
I'm sure that's going to come up again today, so I'm excited. Okay, let's dive right into it because we know you're in the middle of a lot of things. You kind of dunked on Windhorse yesterday. Windhorse goes on ESPN yesterday morning and says that a sign and trade option is what Kyrie Irving's looking to do with the new uh, uh, Brooklyn. J- yeah, Nets. Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets. Nets. Kevin Durant is looking to move on as well, even though he's got four years left. The Nets are looking at a world with no Kyrie and no Durant. Then just a few hours later, guess who shows up into the Twitter timeline? Sham Sharanya. Boom! Kyrie Irving has opted into his player <laughs> option and four-year commitment to the Brooklyn Nets to stay alongside Kevin Durant. How close was he to leaving? Was that all just negotiating posture? And what does this mean for the Nets going forward, Shams? Well, Kyrie Irving had three different opt-in and trade opportunities that he could have pursued. And I think when you look at the totality of the options that he had, one of which was the Lakers, I think he had to decide what was most important for him. If he's going to opt in and play out the season, is he going to go and try to push his way to the Lakers? And I'm told the Lakers, they were more motivated by him seeing seeing if they they can get him on an opt-out and then a mid-level deal. So that's anywhere from 6 to $10 million. And if you're Kyrie Irving... To give up on twenty plus million dollars to go to Lakers in an opt-out uh, situation, I just don't think that made much sense for him. Uh, clearly, business-wise, it didn't make sense. So that option clearly didn't make sense. And there were a couple other teams that were poking around at him in an opt-in and trade scenario: Dallas, Miami, Philadelphia. But at the end of the day, he yeah. made a move where he said, "I'm going to commit. I'm going to go back to Brooklyn. I'm going to opt in." And I, I reported it last week. There, there's there's a reason I reported it. Kevin Durant is considering his options with his future with the Nets. And he has four years guaranteed left on his deal. And so now that Kyrie Irving's back, he's, he came to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant. He came to finish out his four year deal. You know, a a lot of it could be, listen, I'm going to, if you're, if you're having second thoughts about being here, I like, let's commit and do this together. And I think that was part of Kyrie Irving. When you look at the move that he made two days before the option deadline for him to really have a mic drop moment and say, I'm just going to opt in after all of this. And after the conversation, after the Nets gave him permission to go seek potential sign and trades, he opts into the season. And I think there was some level of shock uh, around that. And there's a reason why teams across the league were trying to prepare for the possibility that both Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were going to be traded this week, possibly or next week. Um, But clearly, Kevin, uh, Kyrie Irving had other plans. He wanted to finish out his year in Brooklyn. Uh, but we'll see what the Nets end up doing over the next several weeks. Either way, they have a lot of issues to sort out because I, I wrote a story this morning. There are a lot of underlying things that need to be resolved if this team is going to come back as currently constructed. Is Ben Simmons going to play next season? or? I mean, the, the, the plan is definitely for Ben Simmons to be healthy for the start of training camp. Oh, play. Okay. Oh, that's huge. Yeah, he had back surgery. I'm told he's feeling better. He's starting to do more and more. So, again, we, we want to see Ben Simmons play. We want yeah. to see Ben Simmons play. If you think about this roster, you think about Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Nick Claxton. What? They've got some guys that can do some stuff in free agency. Anytime you have Kevin Durant, you have a chance. But to me, what I look at, Pat, is if you're going to win a championship – Everything has to be rolling on all cylinders, right? Chemistry, continuity with the front office, management, ownership, players. Everything has to gel. And there's no doubt this Nets organization, if they're going to bring this back, there's a lot of work that needs to be done by all parties. They need to go do some trust falls out in the middle yeah, of the woods. There it is. Get out of Brooklyn, get in the woods, do some trust falls and figure it out. Maybe take some ayahuasca together. Sure. Do whatever you got to do. Kyrie Irving's the best, by the way. That motherfucker will do this. 
anytime he wants, and everybody will go, oh, you know what I mean? The whole world he, he, is He keeps them guessing. Yeah. He keeps them guessing, and I, I, I'll respect that. And I think the level of, of he was he was he was sure in his decision, right? Like there 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 could have been another path. Do you opt in and then force a trade? Like that is for, that was for sure a scenario for Kyrie Irving is if you don't want to be in Brooklyn, you don't foresee yourself finishing out the year with Kevin Durant. Do you just opt in and make a trade request? But he didn't do that. He opted in and said, I have my full intention on playing the year in Brooklyn, trying to win a championship. And at the end of the day, reproving why he, he had an offer last year, guys, five years, $186 million. And then the whole vaccine mandate issue came into place. He missed most of last season because missed most of last season's home games because of the vaccine mandate and also the season because the team decided they wanted him to be a full-time player. So this is going to be a really one-year opportunity for both sides to see if they can recommit to each other, if this can work. And Kyrie Irving, if he's one of the best players in the league. As long as he stays healthy. Well, yeah, that's why he's going to do all this. Yeah. He's going to be in position to get another max contract next summer. Be who you can afford to be, Kyrie said. You fucking got it. All right, mm-hmm. this is what I'm going to do. I love it. I love everything about it. Good luck to the Nets. Go ahead, AJ. Shams, what about uh, Russ Westbrook out in L.A. with the, the Lakers? Anything new there? And, and how do you foresee this you know, playing out? Russell Westbrook opted in. He's going to opt in. It's a no-brainer. $47 million. His future is in L.A. They, the Lakers want to see this work this upcoming season from everything I've been told. Um, you know, there have been different trade scenarios that, that have been thrown out, I guess speculated on. But with the new coach, Darvin Ham, I, I really believe this front office group, this management group, the coaching staff, Russell Westbrook, they all want this to work. Um, and, and, you know, we've seen Darvin Ham – Rob Polinka, they've all been vocal publicly saying we want him back and we want him in a position where he can play both sides of the ball. We want him to be more of a defender. Darvin Ham's going to bring that, and, and I do believe they feel like Russell Westbrook is the fit for this team. Uh, quick, if Kyrie would have went to the Lakers, Russell Westbrook still would have been able to opt in. They all would have been on the squad together, and that would have just had been happy kumbaya? Well, in this situation, because it, it, I don't think opting out and taking the MLE was really an actual play. Now, could it have been a threat? Possibly, you know, something that people have th- talked about, right? So, at, at bare minimum, it was a threat. Uh, but I, 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 I don't believe that Kyrie Irving signing for the mid-level exception was ever a, a real, actual possibility. But if, so, if he ended up a Laker in an opt-in and trade, uh, Russell Westbrook for sure would have had to be the centerpiece for that trade. Okay, so he maybe goes to the Nets and then Durant's back, or is there a third team involved? That would have been fascinating. Mm. It's not real, so why dive into hypotheticals (laughs) if we don't need to do it anymore? Uh, John Wall, he does a buyout with the Rockets who paid him like $40 million not to play last year, which still makes no sense to me. A buyout. So he paid the Rockets to get out of there? Is that what happened? And the Rockets were like, yeah, we're not going to play you again. We'll pay you. We're not going to play you again. How did that work? And why is it the Clippers? Is it because him and Paul George do the nay-nay together in a beautiful fashion? Well, two things. One, he gave back, I believe, $6.5 million. Uh, Rich Paul is John Wall's agent. I, I, I really believe if he's going to give back $6.5 million, they've got $6.5 million coming back from the Clippers. So that's that, that's first thing. I, I think John Wall, You know, I, I think I would look at that number, $6.5 million, as a sign for what he might sign for with the Clippers, who have the taxpayer mid-level exception at around $6 million. Um, as far as um, why the Clippers, I think it's obvious. They, they need a backup point guard. They also need a guy that could start. I think John Wall is going to have an opportunity to possibly start, come off the bench, play multiple roles. There were a couple other teams he looked at, Miami, New York, 
but I, I think the Clippers made sense on all accounts. Uh, James Harden has to make a decision by tomorrow morning. He's going to opt back in right after the year last year. You're going to take $47 million as opposed to maybe not taking $47 million. Is that just a foregone conclusion? Is there anything we should look for in this opt-in deadline of tomorrow morning? Well, he's got a deadline till tomorrow. Um, I'm, I'm, it's, we're, we've expected an opt-in. We'll see what he ends up doing. He has until tomorrow uh, to do so. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's got an option. Bradley Beal's got an option. Bradley Beal's eligible for a two hundred fifty million dollars extension this summer. So obviously, the thought around the league around it's, it's, it makes sense for him to opt out and get to the marketplace. Um, you know, Bobby Portis has an option date. You'd assume he also uh, declines his option. He'll go into the marketplace as one of the best big men in the league. Uh, those are some of the higher echelon uh, options for for tomorrow. Last question before we get out of here. Zion looks good, doesn't he? Hell yeah. He's got those new shoes coming out. What? He looks all what? yoked up. What? He's going to be uh, All-NBA next year. Everybody all in all intents and purposes. Oh, Jesus. Hey, man. He looks good. I've said it on the show. You guys are the number one pro-Zion show for sure. No question. But you. we all want to see Zion Williamson not only look like this, but also play at a high level and play and stay on the floor. You know, one thing to watch going into free agency, John Morant, extension eligible i expect his max extension to be pretty quick how long will it take for the zion williamson to reach an agreement with the pelicans on an extension oh. let's stay tuned to that as we get started with free agency in a couple days listen i love the pelicans they gave, they afforded me a great opportunity to intro zion third not last even though it was on national television because of zion but if he wants to weigh his options maybe get on tv more i'm with it yeah. even though cj mccollum and the boys down there are going to be a good squad sure. we can't thank you enough we know you're in the middle of battle congrats on winning every like good war boy, right jobs. now okay you're killing oh. it dude Gosh, keep it going oh. Appreciate you, Pat. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Sharon. Yes, I AJ, I found a peanut butter cup that has chocolate. Keto? Uh-huh. Is it dark chocolate, though? I don't think so. Welcome back to the show. Um, this, this might change the entire future of my life, this thing right here. I don't want to give them credit. They probably just, everybody saw what it was. They changed my life. You hear me? For the better? Forever. Yeah. Forever. Do you really think this is going to be like a, a consistent thing? If these things will be created forever, and if what I'm being told on the wrapper is true mm -hmm. about these things, which makes no sense because of how good it tastes, how delicious it is, and how it is an actual replacement to a Reese's cup, I can do keto forever. I think I know. I think I know uh, what it's that is. It's fucking Quest. These things yeah. right here, these peanut butter cups. I've been out there. Tom Bilyeu started Quest. I was out there. I don't want to fuck. No free ads or whatever. But hey, Quest, if you just want to ship a million of these to the office, I would be very thankful. Yeah. This is a life changer right here. This thing right here. And this is a better ad probably than Quest has ever had. This yeah. motherfucker will save me through this. Mm -hmm. It tastes like it. It tastes like a, an actual chocolate Reese's cup here. I've had them. I, believe me, I know. They're great. I don't really ever think of them, but yeah, I'm glad you actually reminded me. So I went to Dick's this weekend to go buy some golf costumes. And on the way out, this thing was sitting on the thing, and it looked like it was good on the wrapper, but it did. It was in like the protein bar area. So I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to taste like shit or whatever. Person working was like, actually pretty good. And I was like, all right. Hmm, I don't stuff. know if this person is up upselling me or whatever. So I grabbed it. I uh, scanned it. I wasn't hungry at the time. We went and got lunch somewhere. 
I had my first bite. And that was a little anxiety, you know, because I knew what was potentially happening here. Like, if this tastes anywhere near good, this is a life changer for me. And this could get my sweet tooth, that is the problem of the keto diet, kind of satisfied in the entire thing. I bit into that thing. It, like, it, it had some moisture in it. It wasn't like the dry cardboard shit that all those protein bars are in. And then I had the flavor, and it was like, oh, the texture's real. The flavor seems to be good. Oh, my God. So, obviously, the wife went home and ordered 45 boxes of them. Let's go. Us. So, this thing's a game changer. And if Quest wants to continue to add on, it sounds like you're friends with him, of course. Tell him the fucking mail mall to me, these things right here. I think I might want a couple of them now after you've been upselling them so well. Dude, Dave, <laughs> 11 grams of protein, one net carb. And I don't know Damn. how the whole net carb thing works, uh, but I do know if the if the rapper's telling me it's good for my keto thing, I'm in. So I'll have a couple of these today, a couple of these tonight. I'll stay below 10 grams. Bring those on the course. Those will be great on the course. Ooh. I'll probably melt. It feels like these motherfuckers melt. You know what have I mean? Con- Connor's a got a little cooler he can yeah. bring. Yeah. Got to have a cooler. Your bag probably has a cooler pocket. Your bag has a cooler pocket. My bag? Yeah. That's you're bringing that nice, nice bag, bag. Connor's been Most showing them, yeah. on the internet. It is like the same one, yeah. All right, yeah. let's bounce around and do the new. Th- but anyways, can you tell the Quest people thank you for what they did? I think you just did. Yeah, but like personally. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bill Quest. Tell him thanks. It's yeah. been a while. Like a yeah. set. What was his name? Tom Bill You. Tom Bill Started you? Quest like in his garage. Oh, Beast. like Steve Jobs. So he's a chef. Bad dad. Yeah. <laughs> he, didn't, he still doesn't have any kids. Shout out. Committed to the game. Dog. Well, I'm happy. At whatever moment away from children and family life that he created this concoction, I am very thankful for it. Um, let's talk about some news here before we get Andrew Mickelson on, uh, the uh, MMA fighter that was formerly of a BYU football team. Uh, Bill Belichick is sick of Julian Edelman's impression of him. Did you hear this? Julian Edelman was on I Am Athlete, and he chatted about being uh, and seeing Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick basically saying, how come every time I turn on television, you're fucking doing an impression of me? And Edelman said he's still scared of it. I enjoy the thought, though, that Bill Belichick is up on everything that happens outside of that building, but you would never, ever, ever know from listening to him speak uh, to the media or how he tells his team to act. I got nothing but respect for Bill Belichick, the more shit that I hear about him, AJ Hawk. I do too, but I, I would bet that he, not even secretly, that he loves Edelman doing his impression. It has to be funny for him. It's not like Edelman's doing anything or slandering him or making him look bad. And Edelman should ask him, like, what do you want me to do, Bill? You're the only head coach I played for, right? Like, isn't he the only guy he's played for? Yeah. Who else am I going to do? Edelman said it's still like a czar feeling, how he's very nervous when he went in to talk to him. And, you know, Bill told him, like, stop doing the impression. I'm fucking sick of seeing me on TV every day. And obviously, Bill is probably joking, and Bill and Julian have a great relationship with each other because of what you just said. But what I took out of the entire conversation that I Am Athlete had with Julian Edelman, Pac-Man has been fucking awesome on yeah. there, by the way. I'm so happy that Pac-Man has seemingly found a home media-wise New media. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, not that old media. Mm-mm. You know, new new media. Uh-huh. New, hashtag new media. Old Here, buddy's probably really upset about this. Another, like Pac-Man doing well. The one dude who freaks out when athletes do well or have podcasts. Um, What's his name? Who? Skip? He, no, he went on a rant like a month ago, three weeks ago, just Nick killing right? people. No. Talking about Draymond's deal and saying how like athletes don't have anything good to say when they have their own show. Probably all the old whites that are on TV. Yeah. Yeah, I forget. I'll think of his name. It's going to be tough. They kind of all... Yeah. You know, that's kind of what... I think Draymond put, set him off. Yeah. Well, Draymond... Of course. <laughs> Draymond and Kendrick Perkins in the middle of one right yeah, now. Jesus. The internet... 
Hey, gentlemen, come on. Listen, I'm staying out of this one. This one is not for. Uh, yeah. This one is not for me to to dive into. Uh, but I'd like to let you both know. We're both big fans. Yeah. We're all big fans of both of you. Put your swords down. Hey, put your swords down. You guys are giving a look into the into the league and into the association that we haven't seen in a long time. And there's going to be disagreements on the way things are talked about because there's different, you know, experiences in the NBA. Hope you guys can put the swords aside. Unless it's a work. Unless it's a work. Which, which I don't think so with where that ended up yeah. at. But uh, I'm going to stay out of it. New media is awesome. But I do like the fact that Bill Belichick knows everything. He has the pulse of everything. He's the GM. He's the head coach. He's the lead counsel. And he also has to keep up with everything happening outside of the building. And somehow Bill Belichick has these superpowers while wearing terrible sweatshirts of being able to figure out how everything works in the world. He's a fascinating creature. I hope there's enough time whenever it's over to give a real documentary on how and why he was able to accomplish what he was able to accomplish, AJ. You think there ever will be that? Like, has he has he secretly get been giving access throughout his career to somebody to well, film some stuff and to like yeah. you know, NFL, bring, take it down? NFL Films always has like it always appears as if after the Patriots do something awesome, they're able to go back. We actually had them mic'd up for the entire season within the mm -hmm. building, and I think he probably has a real close eye on what's released and what isn't released. But when he goes into the Hall of Fame. The unaired footage that they are going to yeah. have that I think the NFL Films does a great job of keeping the legacy of everybody with the content that they have mm -hmm. in stored. And I feel like they only do right by the NFL, but teams can think differently than films. I think there's a lot of shit of Bill Belichick behind closed doors, right? Yeah, definitely. And just look at the past five years, like the stuff he did with the Rich Eisen and the 100 NFL all-time team. He did like an hour special of that. The HBO special with Nick Saban, where it was literally just him and Saban talking football for an hour and then the stuff that you're talking about that I'm also curious is like at the end of that when they finished filming when Saban and Bill were like alright now like you guys need to go and take these mics off of us and then they started you know continuing to talk shop about football that's what I hope that I'm, they have. I'm talking about the do your job series where they were in the meetings that they were breaking down needing another two point conversion play or that was shocking that they were had films and like so did Bill, you think Bill came to them, but hey, film all this stuff, we're going to put it together? No, films definitely came to the Patriots, and Bill probably executive producer. how did producer. Bill okay it? Well, that's, I think Bill, executive producer, I am the only person that can allow this out. But for somebody who, you know, I guess he instills fear in everybody else who's like, oh, the Patriots are filming, the Patriots are filming. He knows how vital all that information is. So And uh, also Bill, at master motivator, at the same time, he knows, hey, these guys, if there's cameras around, they know, like, no one's sleeping in meetings, no one's going to be late, you can't. You can't like everyone wants to look good for the cameras. Isn't that what Steve Kimes said? Yeah, doesn't it? Keep, it keeps everybody on their toes. Like if there's cameras around, yeah. he said he's okay with cameras holding people accountable. It's almost like what people think they should be doing. John Cena actually said that last night. Mm -hmm. John Cena gave a speech about how the WWE universe made him a better person. He felt like he had to be a better person. He felt like he had to be more accountable because of his fame and because of the character he was playing and everything. It made cool. him better. That's what cameras do, for, right? Everybody acts how they think they're supposed to act in it. Now, is that their true self? Is it distracting? Maybe, but I've mentioned this before. When I know somebody's watching me and once my life started becoming that, I mean, I'm washing my hands for the full alphabet. So That's right. You know, I'm doing the full thing. It made me a better, more, more, because all eyes are, oh, Pat didn't wash his hands whenever he got done taking a piss at Insert Name a Restaurant. So maybe that is why Bill Belichick did it. But also, what else did they catch that we didn't see yet that will only be viewed whenever he's retired and he's gone? I can't wait for it. And what if it is him just watching all the different clips? 
What are these fuckers saying? Fuck him. Tim just watching, not saying a word though, ever. Writing the little stuff down, mm -hmm. nothing. And then our two faces are on one screen up in the corner. And I go, what are these fucking doofuses? <laughs> turn them back mm -hmm. off, they're nothing. <laughs> Why is Julian out of been imitating me again on this fucking show? I can't imitate somebody else, Julian. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> go here. That'd be amazing. I could I see we, that. I hope we have the clips of that whole thing. That, I could actually see that. I could see him even having a couple people, too. Like, while he is oh, practicing, yeah. they have to take over and they start watching while he's I want to see him talk to Alex Guerrero. How was their relationship? Well, I don't know if that ever happened, actually. No, they did. At right? some point, yeah, he was in the facility for a while. He had access, then he no longer had access. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of, hey, go tell that guy to get the fuck out of here. I'm sick of seeing him. I don't know if he actually talked to him. I wonder if Guerrero like didn't heal somebody's hamstring. And Bill was like, that's what I thought. Been waiting for this. Get him the fuck out of here. Maybe he was batting a 1,000 for a while. Uh, he makes Tom Brady feel better. Okay. Mm -hmm. Makes Julian Edmond feel better. Okay. Makes uh, Willie McGinnis feel better. Okay. Gronk. Makes Adam Vinatieri feel better. Okay. Makes Gronk feel better. All right. Then he fucked up on somebody. Bill's like, that's why I thought he's not batting a thousand. This guy is. And get the fuck out of here. Not up to our standard. Tom, is that what you want? Our standard's winner. That guy lost right there. Or was there a moment where maybe somebody else asked for their guru to be allowed in the building? And Bill Belichick was like, nah. Can't have it. Well, then we got to get rid of all gurus from the building. Because I think when Bill Belichick allowed Guerrero to start an operation up there, it was interesting to the rest of the league because Guerrero had a crew of people that worked with a lot of teams. I had experienced one of his offsprings, I guess, from the TB12 mm -hmm. is what it's called now, but it was something before then, who had traveled to different teams throughout the seasons on Tuesday in the Midwest, on Wednesday would be in the North Pacific Northwest, then they were off like Thursday, Friday, then they would travel all season basically doing all the um, uh, uh, what's pliability. that called? Pliability and uh, massaging soft, and soft the, tissue stuff the and stretching mm -hmm. and the electrolytes and everything like that. So there was a lot of teams that were hoping like, hey, we should get this just in our facility so that all these teams that are getting the benefit of this are, are getting benefit. And then boom, the Patriots were the ones that were like, yeah, you can actually build a facility right next to our facility. You can have access. And I remember a lot of people around the NFL were like, fuck. Like, of course, Belichick is doing it when we have all been pitching this for years and years. And then I think all the people that were like, no, nah, no, nah, we don't want outside people in, a, in the building felt some real fulfillment when his ass got revoked from being yeah. inside. Everybody's like, see, that's why you don't let outsiders in the building. But then they go down to Tampa. He's right back in. They win a Super Bowl. So that's an interesting thing where I can't wait to see the behind the scenes clips of it as well. Yeah. After watching Man of the Arena, especially hearing Gronk talk about it, like there's no doubt about it. It definitely helped all of them a lot. Do you think it's possible maybe Belichick told somebody, like one of the players, like, hey, go see the trainers. They'll, they'll help you out. And then instead of going to see the trainers, the guy was like, hey, can I actually just go to the Guerrero people? And then Bill took that as kind of a shot at the guys that he had in the training room. I don't know, because they were in the building doing that for years and years and years. Could have been different opinions, too. One of them could have said, hey, this guy's good to go. And the other group said, no, he needs a couple more weeks. It could have been just multiple situations like that. And like, hey, this is, what are we doing? Oh, Guerrero might have said, hey, probably need another week and a half, yep. two weeks. And then the Patriots people are like, this is all alleged. And could we are just. Or the other way around, I'm saying. I'm not saying the Patriots were pushing people. I'm saying they. If you have different doctors and trainers, they're all going to have different opinions on what the injury is and how you should treat it. Yeah, everybody's fixing the body in their own way, doing their ha with hopefully the same end goal, which is player end safety. Goal, yeah, not always yeah. the same ending, but always the same goal to get this guy healthy on the field. Yeah, well, Jules talked about that with Jimmy G. 
when Jimmy G uh, was uh, playing yeah. for those first couple games when Brady was suspended for Deflategate, and how Jimmy G hurt his left shoulder uh, or his non-throwing shoulder in the game, and then he missed one game when Jacoby Brissett came in, and then Jacoby tore a bunch of ligaments in his thumb, and then all week Jimmy G played, and then like on Sunday was or practice, and then on Sunday was like ah, I'm actually not going to play. Jimmy took some shots, and so di- Jimmy took some shots. Marty B took a shot. Marty yeah, responded. Marty B. Basically called him a bitch, in the, or not basically. He did call him a bitch, and then Edelman said on the I Am Athlete, same exact episode, he was like, I could kind of understand that just because I've played through so many injuries and everyone else on the team had, and Jimmy's not playing with a, you know, with a shoulder. Because Jacoby Brissett couldn't, it was, you know, torn ligaments on his, th- on his throwing arm, on his thumb. So he couldn't even grip a ball. By the way, Marty B was an electric factory yeah. when he was in the NFL. He was uh, awesome. Speaking of electric factory... I don't know how many kickers and punters are going to get into the octagon, Mm-mm. but I do know that there is one particular former kicker that is currently in an octagon fighting other people, and I've only seen one clip, one round, one knockout. He is electrifying. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe he's 3-1-0 in his mixed martial arts career. He has not made it into the UFC yet, but hopefully we'll be able to change that because he's got lightning in both of his hands in at least one of his feet. Ladies and gentlemen, former BYU kicker, now professional fighter, Andrew Mickelson. What's up, man? What's up, fellas? Hey, how'd you get into fighting? You know, like, listen, I, I, I read your story. Was it Oklahoma State or Oregon State first? It was Oregon State first, yeah. Oregon State, transfer to BYU 2014, go on your mission to Samoa for two years, come back, kick for two years with BYU. I don't know what happens afterwards. Then I see a video uh, in 2022 of you landing 20 bombs on somebody's face with no kick in sight. How long have you been training? Did you know this is what your future was when you were just a kicker? And how exciting is it when you see a fucking dude go limp and just fall right in? in the middle of the of the octagon andrew yeah man that's a lot of questions let me go through them um a lot of punches (laughs) um so after i got done playing at byu i was just chilling getting a dad bod and i've been a fan of the ufc for so long and i just figured hey what the heck let's give it a let's give it a shot so Joined up with Agima Jiu-Jitsu and MMA out here. Been training there with a fellow UFC veteran named Court McGee. And um, about a year ago, took my first fight. Got in there and got a first-round finish. And after that, man, I, I was hooked. I had the bug. So I've been fighting ever since. What was that first uh, fight like? And obviously, you say you got a finish in the first round. That had to feel pretty good. But what were the nerves like compared to maybe football walking in there? Well, all eyes are on the kicker, right? So um, it's similar when you hop in the octagon. Everybody's focused on you and your opponent. So the nerves are similar, but I would say that the consequences of not performing are a little bit more intense in the octagon than they are uh, maybe missing a field goal or shanking a kickoff. When did you know that you are going to be okay? Like when you started rolling in there with uh, uh, jujitsu folks, did you have any previous experience where you're a wrestler or anything like that or just a fan you get in because I went and rolled with uh, uh, Lytle and Mitrione they tapped me out like six times in one minute I think they had me in a double arm bar at one point and I'm like alright I feel like I'm a pretty good athlete but this is not my thing oh. did you pick up pretty quickly that you were going to be good at this and where are you in your level of training you think what is your upside out there 
Yeah, man. So I've only been training about a year and a half. So pretty, pretty brand new to the sport compared to a lot of those guys that you mentioned that have been training for like decades. Um, but I picked it up quick. I feel like I got a natural ability to throw some hands and, and my grappling is definitely getting there as well. Um, yeah, man, it's just a ton of fun, man. I love getting out there and getting after it with the boys. So. Did you play soccer growing up? I didn't. I actually played running back in safety, and then uh, I got in a car accident, and so I was kind of forced to be a kicker my junior year, and it actually ended up going okay for me. Senior year, had a good season, got picked up by Oregon State, and so I just kind of ran with that. Just being honest, I probably am not a good enough athlete to play running back or safety in, in the college level, at least D1, and so I just went for it with the kicks, man. Well, how's the cardio? Cardio is something that's difficult because I know in the ring that's vastly different than any type of football cardio. It feels like you're in great shape. You look absolutely yoked. Have you always been like that? And is that something that was a struggle in the transition into the cage? Um, the cardio definitely was a struggle early on, but that's something that you develop over time. The more you train and the more consistent you are with it, then the cardio definitely comes. And MMA cardio is unlike anything else man getting in there and striking and grappling and bringing all that together it it takes it out of you but that's been developing and i feel like i've come a long way there um as far as the physique i mean us kickers we didn't have much to do during practice after special teams units so we would just go hit the weights man and so i would just take that opportunity to work on the bot a little bit and uh i've, I've done my best to try and maintain that as much as i could no kicks in the fight. And uh, obviously, we're all incredibly proud of you being an ex-kicker going in there and beating the fuck out of somebody, oh, okay? Yeah. I wanna, and I know you don't swear, so I apologize for doing that in front of you. But uh, you can handle it. I know BYU folks are tough. Austin Colley and I, you know, pretty tight <laughs> through the whole thing. But no kicking, do you, did you do that because the other person probably assumes you're going to kick? So you trained your hands more, or have you always been a great striker with your hands? So the no kicking was totally intentional. I'll be honest. I, I wanted to get in there and hurt my opponent, but I wasn't trying to kill him. So we figured we'd keep the kicks. We'd keep the kicks uh, in, the, in the trick bag for, for future fights. So what's the, what's the plan moving forward? Is this, your, is this what you do now? I mean, are you going to pursue this? Are you talking to any other organizations like the UFC or whoever else to try to get more fights? Not talking to the UFC. Um, I'm actually an amateur, right? Been training about a year and a half, so I'm not in the pro ranks yet. But um, but I'd love to see where this takes me. Obviously, I've had a good start, right? Had had some success early on. Um, have great training partners at the gym that I'm out of. Um, UFC talent that's training there daily. So I get to see how I stack up compared to some of those guys, and. I feel like it's it's there. I just got to keep with it. So, how much fun was it? Just, I mean, it had to be a good time. We, <laughs> yeah. me and AJ actually said how much fun that had to be. As you're breaking his right, he's guarding, and you're landing uh -huh. jabs through his hands. And at that moment, I box in the Oculus, you know. And when you're going yeah. through, when you're going through their defense, and they're actually feeling it, that's when you yeah. know it's over, right? You get that feeling, and knowing this is over, now you just got to finish it. How much fun is that? Is that just, okay, this is what I trained for, and at what moment do you know it's over? Is it a look in the eye? Is it something that happened? So I knew I had him hurt pretty early on. Hit him with a good jab, 
right at the beginning of the round and then kind of got him back on his heels and and I just decided to press and follow up so um, to answer your question when he was guarded up like this I just split the guard with an uppercut and then came back over the top and uh, and then finished it with another right and you can feel it when all the power in the hand gets absorbed by your opponent's face you know that they're done so just did what I did and took a bow for it. Hey, well, great bow, by the way. I'm a big fan mm -hmm. of that. And you knowing it's over and not, you know, the ref didn't have to, like, stop you because his whole body just goes dead limp back. That's dream scenario. And I don't want to be, like, the idiot here, but I am going to ask this. Any yeah. of your fellow Mormons question what you're doing here and fighting? Is that a thing or no? Not a thing, man. People love it. No, no backlash from the uh, from the church community. That's good People news, are right? Supportive. Yeah, that's People good. People are all over it. They're probably oh, pumped yeah. for you. They're probably pumped for you representing out there. Yeah, our boy Taysom Hill has already kind of claimed most of the Mormon missile, Mormon <laughs> militia. I don't know whatever his nicknames are, but uh, but some of those have been getting thrown out. It's kind of fun. The Storm and Mormon, dude. That's what I called uh, Austin. The Storm and Mormon. Yeah, that could be you. I mean, I, Austin kind of retired. Ooh, he could yeah. hang that up. You could use that like it's no problem, especially if you're raining down a storm of lightning yeah. and thunder. Why? The Storm That's and right. Mormon coming into the octagon, and your ass is about to get flooded with bombs. Yeah. It's awesome. Andrew, when's your next fight? Do you know? Well... As you can imagine, pretty quick after that fight, the promotion reached back out and said, hey, we've got a title fight lined up for you oh. at 185 or 170. You tell us what weight and when, and we want you on there. So um, I got to hash that out with my wife, and uh, we'll get something teed up here pretty soon. That's how, the plan. How is the weight cut? What do you walk around at? Back in my playing days, I was walking around at about 215-ish, um, but that would put me at the 205 weight class and that those dudes are big and I'm not, I'm not ready to play with those guys. So I've been cutting down to 185, but my last two or three fights, the cut hasn't been super substantial and I'm walking like low one nineties. So I think what's next for me is, is trying my luck at 170. I think that's a more natural size for me. Um, so that's the plan. All right, well, good luck out there. We can't wait to see you get the title. Keep doing it. Uh, for the kickers and punters everywhere, we appreciate the hell out of you. Entertaining fight. Hopefully we get to see a lot more, Andrew. Appreciate it, Pat. I think it's essential for the brand movement that we throw a For the Brand logo on my next set of fight trunks. Ooh. Hey, we would love to sponsor you, man. I know you're an amateur. Am I allowed to pay you? Is there an NIL deal in this entire thing that we can work out? No NIL deal, man. And I think maybe we go one up and get me like a silk robe to walk out in. <laughs> yeah. Just to put on a show for the people, give them what they want. Yeah. Get the kickers and the punters some respect in the octagon. And then you're going to go knock a guy out with yeah. a right hand. Yeah. For the title. Yeah, for the title. Well, we might bust out the feet for the title. Oh, shit. Don't give away gameplay. Don't no. give away the gameplay. Anyway. That's right. We'll, we we'll have to strategize. Okay, I have your number. We will definitely make that happen. Let us know when the next fight is. We would love to be involved. We are very proud and thankful for you, sir. Okay. I appreciate it, Pat. You're the man. Ladies and gentlemen, future. AJ Hawk, thanks for zinging me with the farmer tan line, too. <laughs> <laughs> you look good, man. What do you we do need on the day? sponsorship for a tanning bed, too. And what do you do on the day-to-day? -day? What's full-time job? Full-time job, I just, uh, I'm a, I have a job in tech sales. 
but uh, I'm I'm punching people in the face in the evenings. Yeah. Here we go. Let's turn the evenings into the daytime. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Mickelson. Thank you, buddy. That's what AJ basically said to rap parties. Are we going to hear Sue Robinson's ruling or are we just going to hear? Why would we, though? Because we're not going to know the final deal until after the appeals. So why would we ever learn? Hey, she suggests her ruling is 12 games. We're going to wait. 42 days and figure out what it really is. The only way we'll hear about it is if Roger Goodell takes her ruling and makes it the ruling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he'll say, as Sue Robinson recommended recommended and ruled, we are going to do this. Now, if he changes it at all, he will say, after um, consideration and conversation with Sue Robinson and the thing, we have decided to go with this. Like How he words the layout of it is when we'll either learn or not. And the NFL knows they got to keep this close to the vest because Sue doesn't want it to get out there because it undermines her power if it's different than what she's thinking. The NFL doesn't want it out there because the NFL doesn't want to make Goodell look terrible. And the NFLPA knows they got to do business with the NFL forever. So this is going to be, I think, very close to the vest, even though you said to Ian Rappaport, like are we ever going to hear it? And Rappaport kind of alluded to us hearing it. Uh, Zito just said there is breaking news in my ear. Uh, Scary Terry has signed with the Commanders, a three-year extension worth up to $71 million in new money that places him amongst the NFL's top five highest-paid wide receiver sources tell ESPN. Buddy Baker and Tony Bonagora of Exclusive Sports Group finalized deal uh, with Washington SVP Rob Rogers. There's a follow-up to this tweet, probably with more details, Zito just said, but congrats to the Commanders having a little bit of positive PR here. While Dan go. Snyder is batting subpoenas out of the air, saying, I, you know, you never get me. You never get me. You <laughs> never get me. Uh, the new three-year extension for Terry McLaurin includes, includes a $28 million signing bonus, the largest given to any wide receiver, and also 76.4% of the new money in deal guaranteed. Wow. Hilarious that we're doing math equations now on the rollout of deals. The deal contractually <laughs> ties the 26-year-old McLaurin to Washington through the 2025 season, where he will only be 29 years old, entering his prime, and will be able to hopefully cash in yet again. Carson and Wentz gets a weapon, a weapon that he needed to have. Mm-hmm. Thought Terry was maybe coming back to Indianapolis as he held out uh, from mandatory minicamp and wasn't exactly thrilled with everything going on there. As you could tell, young guy became a leader out of the Ohio State. Now he makes money. 76.8% of that money is guaranteed. AJ, how do wow. you feel about it for Scary Terry? That's pretty good. And good, the best part about all of it, he will be a free agent again before he is 30 years old. So the guy's going to go dip again when who knows what salaries may be by that time. And what wide receivers are getting paid by then could uh, only go up with the way the game is expanding. Congrats, though, to the commanders getting something done here. Mm, They Um, had to. Yes. Uh I mean, with Dan Snyder going from non-internet having place to another non-internet having place and dodging subpoenas and batting them like he's playing tag with the oversight committee. Sure. And then Carson Wentz's photos rolled out and Although the commanders called him a rocket, other people called him other things. Mm-hmm. And all the news out of there with, you know, not hosting a World Cup game because the stadium's too trash, yep. not getting a new site because the local state whatever's say no. This is great news for the commanders, and we are incredibly happy for all of them. Yeah. Commanders, good job. Yeah. Let's go. Are they Super Bowl favorites now? Well, much better off than if they didn't have Terry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If they didn't have Terry McLaurin over there, think about that. Paying Carson Wentz $37 million. You got Chase Young on the other side, a young star. But if Terry McLaurin's not a commander, is there any upside to the Washington Commanders? Yeah, really, it's 
just that D line, and then it, it it would completely depend on how their rookie wide receiver from Penn State, uh, I think Jahan Dotson, that they drafted at like sixteen. To be clear, Ron Rivera said from the beginning, or you you don't let a guy like Terry McLaurin go anywhere else. Yeah. He's not going anywhere else. Oh. We've been working on a deal for the last eight days. We will get a deal done. He's not getting traded. We don't care what tweets he likes, who he follows, <laughs> who he compliments. We cannot let a guy like Terry go out of the building because everybody else in the building is watching a guy who came in, was young, was a leader, did his job, was able to ride the wave of bullshit that was happening around and still put on an incredible product for this team. The fans love him. If we don't pay that guy, everybody else in the building is going to be like, well, how, how, who do you pay around here? Carson Wentz is a guy that you pay, nobody else. So Ron Rivera has been very, very vocal from the beginning that they will get a deal done with Terry McLaurin. Here we are Tuesday, June 28th. Dan Snyder's in Napoleon's hometown, and the commanders have signed Terry McLaurin to a three-year deal. Yeah, pretty huge. I mean, but this doesn't – you're not taking them over the Eagles or the, or the Cowboys. There's no chance. Well, how many poop pipes are going to burst in the stadium this year? Uh, even how if, many railings are going to collapse? True. How many more exposés are going to happen? Will there be a House Oversight Committee? The commanders currently sitting at a whopping plus five hunch to win the NFC East. Don't think that's going to move with Terry McLaurin signing here. I think that will remain the same. Plus 120 with the Cowboys. I don't think anybody's taking the commanders over them, but plus 500 is not bad money if you think Carson Wentz is going to get hot over there. Yeah, not bad money, and there's that stat. Last 16 years, they haven't had that back-to-back division winner, so it's really just either them or the Eagles. That's right, and that's a good stat to take us to this point. We don't know shit about fucking the legal world uh-huh. or in how most of this stuff operates. That's why we are very fortunate that a guy joins us who's been a sports agent He's been an executive for a team, the Green Bay Packers. He signed contracts. He's been in appeal processes. He writes, a, a, I believe, a weekly um, newsletter, newsletter about everything yep. happening in the business of sport, which is very prevalent right now. And his line is, there will be lawyers. Joining us now, a lawyer, a sports exec, a football guy, the man to sign this deal to his first $200 million deal, wow. number five overall out of the Ohio State, Andrew Brandt. Andrew! <laughs> How are you, boss? Hey, you know, uh, it was, what, 16 years ago, AJ? Yeah, 16 years ago, this time of year, right? I'm sweating in my office, worried about frickin' AJ Hawk, because that was before the new CBA, where all these contracts are preordained, prefabricated, pre-done by the CBA. We actually had to do these deals. And the hardest deals to do were top first-round picks. Because starting way back with like Drew Bledsoe and Rick Meyer, they created these voids and buybacks and options and exploding escalators. And it, these were messes, these contracts. So I had I had Vernon Davis right above you. No, right below you. And I had Vince Young right above you, I think. Was that it, AJ? Yeah, Vince was three. Who was four? DeBrickishaw. The Brickishaw Ferguson, right. So one was Mario Williams, two was Reggie Bush, three was Vince, Vince Young, and then to Brickishaw and Vernon Davis right behind you. So the, I wanted to go first because I don't trust these other teams. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to get AJ done. And Mike McCartney's a great agent. We got along great. I've known him forever. And man, but back in the day, the, that was like a 35 page contract. And Here's the deal, Pat. I don't know if you know this. So I talked to Age late that night. We got it. We got it done. So we get it done. I'm like, 
AJ, we need you like early because practice is early. You got to sign first. So I need you in the office like 645. He's like, cool, I'll be there. I'm like, great. So I'm there at 630. My man walks in. There we go. Full sweat. Yeah. Yeah. Like just dripping, Dog. dripping all over the contract. Put page. my head under the sink. <laughs> Dog. Yeah, whatever. Fake it to you. I'm make like, it. Smoke a mirror. I'm like, age. Where you been? He goes. I had to work out. I had to get a workout. Hey, you I'm suits. Like, you suits don't understand. I. This is my workout time. You fucking this bullshit. You geez, doing I'm here. like, dude. You got to practice after this. He goes. Yeah. That's, that's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Signs it in sweats while sweating over the whole thing. Practice was different back then, wasn't it, Andrew? You could go What's full pads day one, as many two-a-days, and just kill each other, couldn't you? From Ohio. Yeah, right away. I mean, did you miss a day, AJ? No. Never. No. I don't think no. so. Oh, God, I don't believe so. no. But I do remember the very first day, I, I walk in the door, and we're strapped up full pads day one. I'm taking on William Henderson at the fullback position. <laughs> hey, Andrew, need you to turn your phone sideways. All right. It's echoing back into the thing. Um... The, did you go before DeBrickashaw and before, uh, who won six? Who was six? You said Vernon Vern Davis. Vernon Davis. Yeah, did I don't you? Know. We went first. You went we before? Went first. Yes. We got well. it done. Yeah. Because uh, I saw Reggie Bush and Vince Young had these crazy deals. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Right. You know, I got to get in. <laughs> I got to get in with this deal. I got to fuck over AJ real quick. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You, didn't, you would never do that. You're a good man. Uh, no, I wouldn't do that. All right, we're going to call you back, Andrew. It's on our side. The phone turn didn't help. Let's call him back. I can't do the echo. I lose my mind. Oh, yeah. I will lose my mind. Like, whenever you – I FaceTime with a lot of people, and a lot of people don't FaceTime often, and they'll put the – you can turn that sound down, Bruce. They'll have their hand like this, and my yes. voice will go off their hand back into their thing, and I'm like, can you please move your hand just a little bit up? And they're like – don't be a fucking asshole. I'm like, well, okay. I'm just, you don't, I don't think you understand. Like you, the whole thing is echoing through my car right now, which is very large, very expensive. And the speakers are very good. Yeah, you got a boom move. So I would like to potentially not do that. Welcome back. The man that signed AJ Hawk to a great deal. Andrew Brandt. Yeah. We appreciate you, Andrew. Um, let's dive into this. You did something for us the last time you were in here about cash over cap and really educated the entire world. Um, so, Whenever you think about this Deshaun Watson situation that's going on, and obviously the reason why we're all eyes on it is not just because he has the biggest, most guaranteed contract in the biggest league that we cover every single day, not because he's one of the 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, not just because, but because this is a domino effect for a lot of different situations that are going to take place this offseason, we all assume. Very serious allegations, but that doesn't have anything to do with Sue Robinson, Roger Goodell. They have to deal with the suspensions as opposed to the civil stuff going on. What does this process look like, and do you think we will ever hear what Sue Robinson's um, suggestion is for suspension if Roger Goodell doesn't agree with her. If we, if he agrees with her, he'll say, per Sue's recommendation, this is what we're going to do, right? And all this other shit, are we going to hear anything out of it, you think, Andrew? I think we will. There's so much attention on this. I think we're eventually going to hear exactly what went on. And as we speak, it's going on. You have the NFLPA presenting. You have the NFL presenting about what discipline should be accorded to Deshaun Watson. Now, I think what's going on in this hearing, Pat, is that the NFL is pointing to all the player discipline, right? You got Roethlisberger, six games, one woman, no criminal charges. Elliott, six games, one woman, no criminal charges. Kareem Hunt, one woman, eight games, no criminal charges. Ray Rice, indefinite suspension, no criminal charges after the second video. But the owner, but the player's side, Jeffrey Kessler, he's a beast. He's always representing against the leagues. 
he's saying, what about the owners? What about Robert Kraft? What about Daniel Snyder? What about Jerry Jones? Kraft was something that happened in, in Florida. Jones has had some issues, but his own top executive with some peeping Tom stuff earlier this offseason. Oh. And of course, we know about Daniel Snyder. So will Judge Sue Robinson, former judge, federal judge in Delaware, will she accept the argument that, yeah, we'll look at the owners and they're not getting much. Well, maybe we should pull that in. Or will she say, listen, these guys got six, eight games for no, you know, one incident with one woman. We've got to give an indefinite suspension to Deshaun. He can reapply after one year. That's really what's going to be at issue. And the process, I think you mentioned this yesterday, Pat, is that it's not judge, jury, executioner, which everyone's talked about for Roger Goodell over the years. I call him the conduct commissioner. It is, I would call it appellate judge. So he's not the judge, he's not the jury, but he's the appellate judge. So whatever happens with Judge Robinson, Judge Goodell is over Judge Robinson. So whatever discipline comes out, either side can go to Judge Goodell, who's the appellate judge, the Supreme Court judge, and he can affirm or adjust. That's assuming there's discipline, which I think there will be. Andrew, what what could the time frame possibly be? Let's say that she comes up with a ruling today. I would assume both sides appeal. How long will that process take? Long, right, Andrew? That's long. I think it'll, you know, I think the understanding and listen, I keep getting back to this. You think Jimmy Haslam, I mean, people can have their own feeling about the Browns and I've talked about it, but he's not going into this without his guy, Goodell, saying, we're going to know by the season, right? Uh. Like, well, he's probably asking him what he thinks it's going to be. And I'm sure Goodell's saying we got to go through the hearing, but they're going to know. By the time we start training camp, and by the way, if he's suspended, he still can do training camp, which is kind of a weird thing, but that's the NFL. I think we'll know. I think we will know by the end of July, if not sooner. You said something on our show the last time you were here that made waves around the internet because nobody really understands what Deshaun Watson's contract is. We know $230 million guaranteed, but everybody assumed that there would be voids in that contract and outs for the Cleveland Browns. You said that the first two years of that deal, including the signing bonus, are locked in, no way out of that. Is that is that accurate still and can you reiterate that fact about how good of a deal this is for Deshaun Watson who didn't play last year has the most allegations in the history and is staring down probably not playing this year as well is his agent David Mulligata maybe the best contract designer in the history of the NFL it's the best contract in the history of the league uh we have waited for the white whale I've been waiting for the white whale the five-year fully guaranteed like an NBA like Major League Baseball would it be Aaron would it be Mahomes? Would it be Brady? Would it be Josh Allen? Hey, it's this guy. It's this guy. He has the strongest, most secure, and largest contract in history. And we're going to wait and see if Lamar Jackson, Josh, uh, Joe Burrow, etc., are affected by this. It's up to their agents to really press it. But geez. And let me go through it. We are one is what we're looking at now. So 2022, He's going to make $45 million locked. It's already paid. Signing bonus, $45 million. Done. Jesus. Done. He can't give it back. It's not subject to forfeiture for suspension. So the only thing subject to forfeiture for suspension is the $1 million salary. That's it. 
So if he's gone a year, instead of $46 million, he makes $45 million. And what I said last time, I, I, I've been told this by a league person that looked at the contract that basically said the first two years, there's nothing they can do about conduct that's already coming in with. Assume the 24 lawsuits. Assume what they know. Now, the last three years, there's potential voids of guarantees for new misbehavior. Something else. Something else comes up. Now, the question as a lawyer, I look at and say, okay, this stuff from Jenny Ventress and New York Times, is that new? And I would argue if I'm the Browns, I guess. No, if I'm Watson, I would argue that's not new. I've been doing that behavior a long time. So it's the same behavior, just more of it in these new articles, in these new reports about what he did with this and what he did with that. So it's a lock solid contract as far as what he's done already. Second, now, new misbehavior they can go after later in the contract, but this misbehavior he's locked in. I mean, he, the guy has forty-five million for this year already. Okay, so he's getting forty-five million for this year. The second year of his contract is worth forty-six. Is the base uh, signing bonus is almost nine? So that would mean fifty-four. Signing bonus. That's remember cash over cap. Cap is prorated signing bonus, so the 45 this year is prorated over five years, 90 year for cap purposes. Next year's cash is 46. So you take down, you subtract a nine from that or no? No, that's just accounting. That's just accounting. That's cap. So he's at 91 million over the next two years, losing uh, 1 million. It could be a 90 fucking, could be a 92. Oh yeah. Massive loss. He's only a 91. Well, listen, there is a little caveat again. It's technical, but there's an argument to be made that if he's suspended for the full year, his contract tolls, which means it reverts back a year. So 2023 would be year one, not 2022. So then next year, he would not get the salary, which he would only get the million-dollar salary, right? Uh, and not the salary for 2023. That's something we're, we're going to deal with legally if and when he suspended a year. But right now, $45 million for this year, and some of that I'm sure is used to pay off some of these 20 lawsuits, of course. But that's rock solid. Okay, so if they push back the year, does he still get the signing bonus? He just holds that for a year, and then the contract doesn't start basically until next year, and then it's $1 million when he's back if he was to be back after this year. Now, this is all assuming he gets suspended for a year, by the way. Yeah, so the idea of tolling is it would start next year. He keeps the signing bonus. Year one is 2023, and now it goes five years from 2023, which is really a six-year deal from now. So he's making 45 this year and then the one next year because the one is the salary this year, which becomes next year if it's tolled. But let's see if he's suspended a year, and then I'll come back and talk more about that. I think he's going to have to be because what you we talked about, the Internet was chatting about Sue Robinson being big on precedent. What has the precedent been before in all of her cases that she's judged on? Allegedly, that's what one tweet, one Internet said. And they were trying to say about what you said there, Snyder and Kraft and Jones and everything. Roethlisberger had two cases. He got six games that it got appealed down to four. That's two. This is 20 that happened that, you know, got settled just like Ben's did. Ben's yep. went to court, got settled. That's 10x that if you start doing some math. There's no way this goes into multiple seasons, right? That would be unprecedented in this entire thing. 
No, I mean, they want the indefinite suspension, which is what the word says, indefinite, but after a year he can reapply, and that would mean that, okay, you've been clean for a year. There's no more reaching out. There's no more of this. There's no more of that. They would let him back after a year, but they want that to read indefinite, and that's what they're asking for as we speak. And Jeffrey Kessler for Watson is not going to hold any punches, as I said. He's going to say, hey, Robert Kraft did kind of the same behavior, and Jerry Jones, look what happened in his organization, and then Daniel Snyder. But the argument for the league with Daniel Snyder is, hey, he was given a $10 million fine, and he's suspended for the year. This is supposedly his wife's team for this past year. Now, whether that's been actually true or not. But, but they can say, yeah, we suspended Snyder for a year. They could say that. Then they will. All right, Andrew, we're talking to you uh, because about the Deshaun Watson thing, but I would like to talk to you about something else where being a lawyer will help us. How do you just refuse a subpoena? Did he duct tape his hands? <laughs> Does he have no pockets? He has that Mr. Freeze, the guy that runs yep. uh, in the outfield of that thing where he has this tight suit. So the person trying to subpoena him can't stick it in his pocket, can't put it in his hands. Is that what he's doing? He's just batting the subpoena down saying, nah, I never got it. I never got it. I never... How do you refuse a subpoena in 2022? Isn't that just like a, hey, you've been subpoenaed, which is kind of what happened. And then they have to deliver a piece of mail. How does that work? There will be lawyers, right? He's got plenty of lawyers, and his lawyers are fighting this. And I get if this guy came to his door, I think he was out the back door. I don't know. I mean, I think. Listen, what's happened this past? Roger Goodell, (laughs) boy, did he earn, boy, did he give Dan Snyder a solid, didn't he? Yes. Roger Goodell's out there answering these striding questions from Congress. Listen to the guy complain about the flake gate, everything else. And Snyder's in the south of France, too bothered to give him an hour on Zoom. Yeah. I mean, come on. So Roger Goodell's like, hey, oh, I'll do it for you. And Snyder has, Snyder made a determination. I'm better off incurring the wrath of people like, you know, McAfee and Brandt and not showing up than I am incurring the wrath of Congress <laughs> and showing up. So he's made a calculation there, and he's going to try to run the run the clock on this, maybe until they get a different committee or they run out of time. But the lawyers are fighting the subpoena. I don't know that law, Pat. I, I didn't think you could fight a subpoena from Congress. But supposedly they're working on dates, right? So Snyder made a statement that wasn't a good date for his lawyer. Of course, the lawyers matter. And they're trying to find another date. We'll see. This is why billionaires are billionaires, though, by the way. You didn't even know the law existed. He created one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. you can subpoena me all you want. I'll push this thing back until next week uh, and then the week after that. Uh, I got COVID and my internet's got COVID too. Sorry. Sorry about it. And then just pushing it back. It's unbelievable what this dude's been able to do, I think. Yeah, it's amazing that he continues to do this. And like you talked about it before it came on, they're conducting business, right? So I think the McLaren deal is is the continuation of the story of the offseason, which is the transformation of the receiver market. We saw with Devontae and Tyreek and Christian Kirk, but now we're seeing with the young guys. The A.J. Brown deal was a massive one because you have a guy in his rookie deal, fourth year of the contract, getting that $25 million a year average extension, and now McLaurin jumps on that. If it was just Tyreek and Devontae, McLaurin couldn't have a case because those are veteran guys that have had more than their rookie deals. But A.J. Brown really changed the game, and, and McLaurin's taken advantage of that one. You should hear me when I uh, make decisions. You know, I sound like a super smart person. I'm like, 
can't set the precedent of this. Can't set the precedent of this. Can't can't have this just because of future. Like, definitely want this to happen, but also can't do it this way because in the future, it'll fuck us if we even set a precedent of this happen. That's in everything, huh? That's the world of lawyers, basically. It totally is. And when I ran the Packers, the whole contract part of it, anything you do, anything, agents and players are going to jump on it. So... I just, you know, whatever I did on AJ's contract, the next year's first rounder was going to jump on it. So it's really something where when you negotiate as an agent, which I've been, you don't care about the team. Like you're just getting your guy the best deal possible. But when you negotiate as a team executive, as I did, every contract's about the next one. So I I love some agents. They were great guys. They like, can't you just do this little thing for me? Can't you? I say I can't because if I do it for you, there's a line at the door. Right. So I can't do that. And like you just said, precedent is everything. And that's what's going on in the Watson hearing right now. I enjoy saying, uh, well, I can't do that because the next person will do whatever. It's like, well, have the next person prove that they're as good as us. Case settled. <laughs> there is no precedent. or whatever. That's what somebody is stating. That's an agent. Yeah. And on the other side, they got to figure out their world. Andrew, we appreciate you breaking things down for us, pal. We're always very thankful for your big brain. Thank you for being on call today in case we heard anything. It sounds like we're not going to. But if we do, we will hopefully call you back. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, how can we find more from you? <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, Andrew Brandt, Twitter. Andrew Brandt, too. Instagram, where I'm doing these reels now all about this kind of stuff. And my newsletter is andrew-brandt.com. Here we go. B-R-A-N-D-T. Absolute legend. We can't thank you enough, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Brandt. Thank you. Andrew. I should know that. Thank you, guys. No, thank you. I should know that stuff, by the way, so I don't have to ask him, but I want to make sure I get it right. Yeah, exactly. Especially spelling. Hey, his Instagram, those reels are the real deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. All right, AJ, that's the show, huh? That's the show right there, probably. Wordplay. Always good to end in wordplay. Yeah. Gotta love it. Speaking of wordplay, fuck it. I'm on a quest to get a thousand of these. Yes. Boom. You hear me? <laughs> yes. Are there any different flavors or anything else? I, I don't need it. Don't need it. Don't need it. Just give me the peanut butter cups. <laughs> I don't need anything else. It's not broke. Don't fix it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Quest. So if it's anything less than a year or indefinite, then we know that the NFLPA and Sue didn't, they ruled against the NFL then? Because the NFL wants indefinite? So that means Kessler got to win. Yeah. yeah. He figured something out. Unless they settle. Yeah. Which Anything less than a year is a win, right? For the NFLPA and Deshaun? Yeah. 16 games. About- they don't want it to be indefinite. If they said, hey, this season, couldn't they say, what, 17 games of this season or whatever? Or that's much better than indefinite. Indefinite, he has to reapply whenever he's. He could get suspended another four games next season. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah, all right, yeah, you're back uh, week five of this upcoming season. That's why the indefinite thing is so strong as opposed to just one season. It's whenever Raj decides. Wherever they decide, you can come back. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. Hammer Don's in about 15 minutes. Can't wait to watch. How's Gumpy? You guys hot on the bets right now? Yeah, baseball. This is good time. This is Hammer Down time. This is Hammer Down time. Last night it was 500. I mean, there for me, I think Gumpy did great. So. Hell yeah. Shout out Gumpy. That boy, Goop. We miss you, Ty. We miss you, Gump. Miss you, boys. Big thanks to Kenny Pickett, Sean Sharanya, Andrew Mickelson. Uh, hey, BYU, Storm and Mormon. Done yeah. guy. You know what I mean? You know, every, there's a lot of athletes, if they're Mormon, that they call them Storm and Mormon. I know, but we just steal it from them. And just Correct. Yeah, not a fighter. Ping. I mean, my buddy, people called him that. Not anymore. Is he still a Mormon? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, committed. Still storming? Oh, yeah, he's storming. He's not storming the octagon like Andrew uh, Nicholson. Uh, yep. No, but he's like 42, dunking a basketball shirtless. What? Showing off his big bad Brad. Pops. Hey, yeah, he's not as good as big bad Brad, but <laughs> some of those, uh, and maybe this is me just judging the Mormons and I shouldn't do this, wildly attractive, wildly athletic. Mm-hmm. The Mormons I've met. Now, I've only met them in the NFL. So they're going to be. That's a nice. It's a good judgment. You're making a judgment on them. It's pretty good. Well, Book of Mormon, the dog. I'll take it. So. There was a uh, TikTok scandal that swept across the Mormon uh, community as well. She was good looking. What happened? Yeah, a bunch of hot moms, all swingers. Yeah. Yeah. Mormons? Yeah. Yeah. With who? With their husbands. Yeah, each other. They they all. Get with each other's husbands. Yeah, they all fuck yeah, each they other. a whole group. Yeah. And they were on TikTok talking about it? About it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's got a good TikTok. Yeah. She's got a good TikTok. What? That's not illegal, is it? No. No, uh, they're just... People are just like, what the they're hell? They're not saying polygamy. He's not marrying him. He's saying they're all just swapping out, right? Yeah, they're all just swapping. Yeah, it didn't end well. well yeah, I didn't think that normally would. Yeah, it never does. Yeah, it no, it doesn't. Does. Have you ever had a friend that's been a part of the swinging community? Yeah, I've had a couple of friends that have been in really weird, open situations, yeah. Yeah, me too. Always ends well. <laughs> yeah, how's it work for Bob? That's weird. <laughs> no, definitely not Bob. I've, I've <laughs> sat down to have some drinks with somebody, and they start laying out how their relationship is. And I'm like, that's you're not in a relationship. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's the best type of relationship. You know, she gets what she wants, I get what I want, and we love each other. I'm like, all right. Then, like, I don't know what. Eight months later, yeah, she loved somebody else a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, and never would have guessed. She dude. swung away. Never would have guessed. It was fun though. It was absolutely fun. Or the guys, I'm sure you know guys that, yeah, they have. They're living in an open relationship. They can do whatever they want. I'm like, oh, cool. So your girl does that? No, absolutely not. She can't do anything. No, what are you talking about? Oh, she, cool. This should be a. Nice. I'm sure that's gonna work out. So I've never met anybody like that, but I could assume that that exists, and it's like. It doesn't last long. Yeah, that all end well. Sounds like a cake and eat it too type situation. Yes. Always, always ends up working. And I would once again say, doesn't sound like you're in a relationship, right? Uh, no. I don't know, it's not. You tell me. But I'm too dumb to understand those things. I'm too dumb to understand. Me too. That's on me. I do enjoy the combos though. Whenever I get trapped in them. Oh, they're the best. Here we go. Here we go. Because I guess there are some uh, some couples that like last. There's people that make it work, right? Yeah, like forever. Mm-hmm. Like last forever and doing it. All right. Have you ever heard of a situation like this working? Is my question. Uh, yeah, absolutely. They go to their phone and look at this. I'm friend well on Facebook. They they've been married 20 years now. I'm like, all right. Well, okay. I guess there is precedent on this having <laughs> success. I'm not 100 sure, but hey, whatever makes you happy, right, AJ? Yeah, man. I don't judge. Whatever you want to do. Life's hard kidding. enough. You know, if you want to add even more drama and complication. <laughs> And it'll make you better. Whatever will make you happy, go ahead and do what you got to do. I absolutely love it. Uh, we're back tomorrow with an average show. <laughs> I think. I yeah, be, probably. Well, I mean, two days in a row we've had good news, so we're kind of due for one of those above days. Average, really. Very above average. What's good news today? I'm not like good news, just news. Gizlang. Shit to talk about. Good news. Yeah. We talked about three subjects for three and a half hours. <laughs> that Carl Wentz and his commander jersey, good news. You were so fucking rude to that guy. So rude. Sorry. Yeah, still are. Sorry, buddy. He wasted a year of this city's fanhood. <laughs> what do you want? He did. I mean, Put his body on the line. Not on his, by his own accord. Yeah. He and, didn't have to. And that's the thing about the command. Too tough for his own good. He's got two top 100 O-linemen. Is Carson Wentz supposed to be a tight end? Could be. 
Maybe you should try him out a few times. I think he's supposed to be a free safety. No. He's yeah. a big boy. Yeah. He should go down to TEU if it doesn't work this year with the commanders. Make a positional change. Oh. And just become fucking top five tight end just like that. Him and Logan Thomas should just switch because he was the quarterback. Now he's the commander's tight end. They should just swap this year. Have him go back to quarterback. What's Logan Thomas's contract? Logan Thomas starting quarterback for the Commanders, making three hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> starting a tight end, Carson Wentz getting paid thirty five million dollars. Yeah. Well, Thomas actually got a nice extension year, last uh, year, twenty four million less. Yeah, but he did tear his ACL. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just say, I have a blister on each one of my feet on the backs of my ankles. Okay. And it hurts unbearably. I couldn't imagine playing quarterback. With two sprained ankles. Me neither. So I think we need to. You're golfing in those. Songs? I think you need to refresh your memory here and give a little more respect to what Carl was able to put together. And do. Absolutely tough. respect his toughness. Son of a bitch. He lost to Jacksonville with the playoffs on the line. Well, he also lost week before. The that. team lost, yeah. not just him. Sure. Uh, team goes as the quarterback. I thought. Defense did. What was the final good. score? Like twenty-four to eleven. But I think they had two possessions that started inside their own thirty because of Carl. It's tough to score down there. The field compresses. Well, and also the humidity and the clans. Oh, yeah. A lot of clans. A lot of clans. Yeah. Listen, Carson will Ooh. be... Carson's good is great. He's bad. It's just, what the fuck? Dude? Maybe he's scared of clans. <laughs> That's something to think about in the NFC East over there. I'd love to see Jerry World all just decked out in those. Scared of clans. Yeah, it's fucking movie. What's that? John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waterloo, Iowa. Pennywise. You ever heard of him? I have. I didn't grow up with them, but... I didn't grow up with the whole fear of clowns because I didn't never watch any movies. I guess there is people that are scared of clowns. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't get it either. I was always a big... Oh, what's that fucking from it, in the they're, they're in the sewers grabbing people's kit, like grabbing your legs. Yeah, I don't like clowns. I would wish a mother... In our sewers, if you were able to survive that <laughs> oh, thing yeah. and still be able to grab somebody, our little group of savages, if we saw some adult hanging in the sewer... Oh my God, that'd be so Stop much fun! Fuck what are you doing? <laughs> hey, awesome. we got, hey, pal, we got nothing else to do today. Like you, you ran into the wrong group of kids here. We're either gonna, we're just gonna ride these bikes around town. We're gonna mm. go to the mall, or today, guess what we're doing? We're kicking a clown in the fucking. What little kids were getting picked up? Where's that? Your town up there in yeah. Well, I mean, this is a clown that's not from this world. I got this no problem is... dropping firecrackers down there. None. Taking a piss M40? down there. None. Mm-hmm. I don't know all. if this actually happened. Did it? Uh, I think it happened in a movie. In, yeah, in JD, a movie, yeah. JDW, oh, it was a Stephen did. King novel. Why would if that would have happened in our neighborhood? Like that would have been something to do for like four or five days. Hey, yeah. everybody want to go kick the clown in the sewer? We would have beat the shit out of that shit clown. out of that clown. Bunch of sticks. It, it would have been so much fun. Our our town is the worst. Obviously, we've learned that as we grow older. But that is something that I do wish would have happened. That book would have been eight pages long. Oh, yeah, you should have <laughs> seen this fucking clown. We just we were selling. I was selling tickets. How old are you? I was 10 years old. I was selling $5 tickets to kick the clown. Come I, kick the clown. I, I had no ownership over the clown or the thing, but I was able to get people to give me five bucks per kick. <laughs> Boom for that thing. Yeah, people are deathly scared of clowns. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Never. Yeah. I think my wife is, like, scared of clowns. I get it. I don't. Know. Why? It's just some weirdo. In- it's probably well, from, exactly. yeah, exactly. Some weirdo. Yeah. yeah. Remember the time when, like, the clowns were, like, Walking around being weirdos. Yeah, did not that was like a couple years. Yeah. Running at people like with knives. Halloween. They were popping up like in like the Halloween. edge of the wood, the woods. They yeah, were standing, standing there in they? parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was Bill. Everything. Just, just remember. All right. No Words. need for that. I'm sorry, Bill. It was not you. I did not mean that. Could have been. Don't kill me. It's about He's 30 be. seconds behind. Hold on. It's about to get to him. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. 
Come on! It's coming. Oh, he just got to me talking. He's like, yeah, it was actually yeah, me in Indiana. I did stand on the edge of a park. Okay, psycho. If I saw Bill in a clown costume, I would be freaked out. Yeah. yeah. He's up. Just big old shoes. Throat. He's flopping around with the big red no. shoes. <laughs> Here comes Bill. Here comes Bill. Bill Wayne Gacy. Bill. <laughs> Fuck that dude to you, AJ. Yeah, what happened? Why? Bill. You heard me. And put your name in a thumbnails. Bill. What do you want, dude? What do you want from me? What's your deal? I don't want anything. I just want safety, Bill. I love you. You know that. I was just—I instantly apologize. I did not mean that. But if you were dressed as a clown with the big red shoes, it would scare me to death. I wasn't. They were terrorizing my college campus, though. That was terrifying. It was you, terrible. Your time. Own hey, that's campus. one of those things where you're automatically babyface, right? You can just go punch a clown. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You have dead. Everyone will They had knives and shit. Aaron Donald, probably plastic. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I do feel like I missed a lot of uh, everybody's childhood because I didn't watch anything. I'm happy I missed the whole be scared of fucking weirdos and pain. That is awesome because yeah. like I watched a lot of stuff and I'm scared of everything. Yeah, so. see. <laughs> I just but not clown. Ignorance. Is no, close. I am scared mm -hmm. of clowns. With knives yes. or just without knives? Not like, like how many uh, clowns have knives? Like parties, oh. party clowns. I'm not afraid of. But if you're a clown <laughs> standing in the wood with knives, yeah, I'm a little scared. Yeah, because other things that that person has done, you think not just being the weirdo in the Facebook. I just don't think you? I could Sick survive fuck. a clown attack with a knife if I don't have, if I'm not. How do I make sure my kid is just oblivious and ignorant to everything like Kick. I was? No or TV. Uncle. Kick a ball. No TV. Keep in no a bubble. TV, no phone. <laughs> no TV, no internet, no money. Bingo. Yep. All right, you're living That'll in a different house. Simple. That Amish. pretty much guarantees they will be a weirdo, I think. Oh. Bill, do you 50, watch 50 because you watch that uh, doc about phones. Yeah. What they do to your brain. Social media thing. Yeah. Yes. Small doses, maybe. That was crazy. That has to be scary having kids right now, by the way. Like, legit shoot kids. Like, teenager kids, they, the algorithms are preying on your kids right now. Yeah. not my, my kids aren't really involved in too much, but yeah, they definitely are in that world. In the filters and making people want to look a certain way. Likes. Can you microdose your kids with a phone? Mm. I don't know. Yeah. At what age can you start giving them hallucinogens? Mm. Whenever, Whenever you, you want. want. 16, maybe? Bruce. <laughs> Bruce just what? <laughs> at what age can you start giving them hallucinogens? I look at the room and Bruce is 16? That's a hilarious number. What kind of hallucinogens are you giving your kids? Uh, probably just shrooms. Yeah, little mushrooms. Whatever, <laughs> be back whatever helps them fall asleep. Just shrooms. Whatever makes them not think the clowns are scary. Oh, just rub a little on their gums right before yeah. bedtime. Everything I don't know. Rables. Mushrooms are gummies. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. And, and by gummies, I'm not talking like put them in the like edibles I'm talking about. Yeah, cookies or something. What? You gotta mix them in. Actually, yeah. you gotta put them in peanut butter. Is exactly. the best that I've found. Chocolate pudding. Yeah. It's good. Uh, Grilled salsa. Cheese. People had pizza and it was yeah. like, okay, you can still taste the cow shit or the horse shit yeah. or whatever on this thing. I need <laughs> really? to decorate this around peanut butter. You ever do mushrooms? Yeah, you've done. Them. No, I haven't. But haven't they like done it to where they put it in capsules or something? There's gotta oh, yeah. be easier yeah. ways, right? Yeah, nowadays you can microdose and macrodose. I'm just talking back in the day when we had to walk uphill both ways to some farm to get some fucking mushrooms that really were worth a fuck, you know what I mean? They have like mushroom chocolates now. Mushroom oh, chocolate. Oh yeah, it's like one that they- You kids are so room. spoiled these days. I know. Do you know what we had bitches. to do back in the day to find <laughs> that fucking- yeah. Legit. Pluck them out of poop. Had and to figure out how to eat poop in the best fashion. You know what it is? Put in peanut butter. That's what I learned. And you'd have- a friend that would do it first before everyone else did. I was normally that friend. You know? Would you guys randomly walk around the woods just 
slopping no. through random piles of poop and tasting it to see if there's mushrooms in there? <laughs> no, normally a farmer would have said things and then you would you'd go see and check it out. And it was always some disgusting, dungy area. And it was like, if these are going to work, fuck it, I guess we'll do it because we're getting yep. drug tested for everything else now. So yeah. this is what we got to do. And it's either this or meth. So we'll do this, I guess. For now. And uh, well, forever, hopefully. But there were some that did. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there they were. came back though. I had a couple friends who tried meth and never did. Were never did it again. Wow, it's great news. Out of a can. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, meh. What are you looking at, Nick? You just did a full turn. Just heard some things. Somebody's tried meth in here. Maybe. No. If they didn't get addicted and they tried it, I'm very proud of them. Hats off to them. Yeah. I, guess, I guess meth is one of those things. Do you snort meth? Do you smoke meth? What do you smoke do? It. Smoke. Any of it. I think you smoke. I don't know if you snort it. I don't know if some meth is a snortable. They did in Breaking Bad, but you never know what's real and what's not real in that show. Oh, maybe you do snort it. I don't know. Yeah. Probably more expensive. That turns not. out it's quite cheap, actually. That one's, that, that's yeah. a drug people shouldn't do. Yeah. Most of them, really. Yeah. Pills, no bueno. Mm-mm. Meth, no bueno. No. Anything People get hooked needles. pretty quick. Yeah, those are the ones that. Yeah. Can't, you can't. See ya. Never coming you. back. You can Never coming back. You can do it anyway. All right, I'm sick of this. The show's over. See you guys. <laughs> uh, see you tomorrow. Don't do meth, please. Okay? Everybody, I don't agree. do meth. I can no meth. And don't do pills. No pills. Nope. There's no reason to do pills anymore. Okay? Maybe at one point pills were like a cool thing. Now there is such a high risk of dying mm-hmm. and being addicted forever. Uh, it's taken a lot of our friends. Don't do fucking pills either. All right? Drink water and coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's something coming out that's going to help people live till they're 200. I just seen Love it today. But let's save that for the smart people. Can't Good. wait. I plan on living well past 200, though. I'm going to live longer than you. Medicine that could let <laughs> humans live to 200 is being developed. I don't keep moving. I'm living forever. Great. Get shit. See you tomorrow. We'll talk more about it.